Hi. Hello. Welcome back to another Passive Pixel Media Catch-Up Podcast. It is me, Edwin, again. I'm so sorry. Over here, I have Dorian. Look at me. So far, I have nailed the opening, which means I'm probably going to forget about scores later on. Dorian, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Ed? Oh, man. I already finished my coffee. My wife made me a nice coffee, as she does in the mornings. I tend to like it whenever she does it, because if I do it, I feel like somehow I'm going to set it on fire, and I don't think I can trust myself if I ever let the house burn. Yeah, I think we've had the conversation before, but I'm not really a warm beverage person, so mm. coffee's kind of an eh for me. Uh, so I usually just wake up with dumping an ice-cold bucket of water over my head, and you know that does the trick. I love the idea that you actually are waterboarding yourself instead. Like It's not like a bucket of <laughs> ice. Like You are are literally waking up and it's just like Guantanamo every single morning. Oh man, if I could, I would. It'd be great. <laughs> it, it's okay. What we need you to do is that we need you to just do a 9-11 to us, but using moose instead of an airplane. <laughs> I don't know. If I go on the dark web, I could probably hire somebody to do it for me. So maybe we'll just do that. That might be easier. <laughs> Fuck. Now that you mentioned the dark web, it makes me think that you're going to grab a couple of moose, cut them open like Luke did to the Tauntauns in Empire, and then you just stuff it in with C4. <laughs> No, I love my moose. I would never do that. Like, I couldn't. I don't have the heart. <laughs> the moose just walks into the Pentagon. Everyone's like, dude, why is that moose over here? He just, he just goes, and then boom. Canada sends the regards. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. That is all well and good. I'm going to list out my shit because I already told myself that, well, you and I have already agreed that these episodes are way too long. They're way too long. So yes. now we're going to lie to ourselves and tell us that every single episode, we are already an hour in. So at audience, there's an hour to every episode that you will now miss. I'm so sorry. Whoops. Maybe I'll sell them to you. Uh, 200 yeah. bucks and we'll do an extra hour. No, well, if you really that. want to see it, just just tweet that we want the Edwin cut and oh, uh, we'll see what we can do. If anyone wants the Edwin cut, <laughs> send me $25 million in anime team and you'll just never see that money again <laughs> because I will give them $200 as is the average budget for an anime and they will just hand you shit. There we Sounds go. Good. We got, we got the anime punch in within five minutes. Wonderful. This is oh, perfect. Yeah. Fuck anime. Oh wait, sorry. Hour and five, hour and five. Because hour as and five. We all yes. Yep. We've, in. we've already cut out an hour by the way. No, I'm, joking this it's, it's these episodes are too fucking long okay they there's no reason that we should ever take up that much amount of time in a week two weeks even face to face i don't think i should take up two hours of your time <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and just start listing this shit off doom eternal license to kill parasite eve goldeneye akira the suicide squad halo 3 space jam 2 the uh, the cinematic masterpiece <laughs> Mad Men season 4 Evangelion 1.1, 2.2, 3.3, and 3.0 plus 1.0. Spiritfarer, and a way out. Dorian, what's your list? Uh, a lot shorter than that. <laughs> but <laughs> I've got uh, Halo 3 ODST, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, The Suicide Squad, Halo Reach, Trails of Cold Steel 1, Hades, and a little known show, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Never heard of it. I've absolutely, I think it might be garbage. I think it might be a waste of a time, you know, halfway <laughs> through. I, I don't know. Never heard of it. Well, I, I'm three episodes in. Spoiler, I agree with you, but we'll get to it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get the Weebry out of the way first. Do you want to go and lead with Trails, or do I lead with Evangelion? Uh, we might as well start the Evangelion block right now, because I got right. that too. Got it. Okay, so 
Evangelion. Uh, it, to quote a video that I watched a while back, Evangelion, a show that's been on VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, and some washing machines in Japan. It is so widespread, and yet every single time that you want copies of it, it's going to take your entire life savings and your firstborn to be able to buy it. And he is not wrong. That video is not wrong because Evangelion is something that ridiculously hard to find physically until Netflix finally shelled out money and went, hey, here you go. Fucking weeps. Here you go. Here it is. Right now, the movies are different. They are the rebuilds. They are a reinterpretation of the series. The creator is still at the helm, so that's still completely fine. The reason that I talk about the movies is because, well, first off, the Blu-ray, the first one, is completely just out of print. You can't find it. If you want to buy it, you're shelling about north of $100 to find it, so rough. Uh, the second one, for some reason, I can still buy new at Best Buy. I don't understand. The third one is also impossible to find, but demands less money. And then the fourth one was released earlier last year. And that one, well, of course, it's Japan only, hasn't been on physical yet. And then Jeff Bezos, in the middle of space, he called up Japan and said, Moshi Moshi, I need you guys to hand me a boatload of money. I need a win. Netflix is out here trying to get the weebs. I need help. And Japan went, don't worry, we got you. Here's the four Evangelion rebuild movies all at the same day on Friday, the day before we're recording. Here you go. And Bezos went, thanks, and hung up the phone. So all four rebuild movies are on Amazon Prime, and they are there. And I decided to rewatch it because, mm, you know, I don't know if the last one was going to save it. I, I was kind of hoping it would, but I have no faith in anything ever satisfying me anymore. Oh, I guess getting this far. What is the rebuild? The rebuilds are unrelated to the show and the movie End of Evangelion. The rebuilds are the creator taking the same characters from the same starting point and then sending them on a different trajectory. So it's not like it is supposed to erase the series. It is just him taking it in a different direction. So that's where it all stands and at least from this minor research that i did it seems like he did this one for personal reasons which i'll dive into later on and he also did it because he started a studio and he said basically if i did this my studio would be secure for like the rest of time with the amount of money that we can demand after this so Full on respect. The man made a smart choice and it's also tied to an artistic choice. So full on respect there. Now, the movies. 1.1 is just the first six episodes of the series. Now, six episodes is what I read. I don't know. I don't remember the series that much anymore because I blocked out most of the pieces that I hate of it. So 1.1 is pretty much a retread of the first part of the series. The second one starts taking the pieces and playing around with it. The third one is just so far and above beyond everything, just like everything there. It's still using the same pieces, but it's like almost unrecognizable from anything that came before. And then the fourth goes even further with trajectory. Now, 1.1, I thought was very good. I thought it was a very good adaption to something that I did not like, because whenever you're watching the show, it becomes Monster of the Week very quickly, and that bothers me because Monster of the Week is like, oh, here's 20 minutes of stuff that does not matter for the future, and then here's like a minute or two that's important for the actual overall plot. 
But whenever you take all that and you make it into a movie, it no longer feels Monster of the Week. It feels like, oh, this is just another story beat. So that does help it a lot. 2.2 is... 2.2 is weird because 2.2, I feel tends to step on some of the good moments in the series and reinterprets them i guess maybe in a worse way but i feel like worse is still too strong of a word that i want to use but it it takes stuff it it adds way more anime to it it bothers me it really does but then there are some moments that I feel understood the series so well that it just gives it this extra depth to it that if you were to watch the rebuilds and consider that probably the characters are still the same, even if they're in going in different trajectories, watching 2.2 would actually even probably make the series better if you went back to rewatch it. So 2.2 is a weird bag of like, oh, that's actually probably worse. And then there's other moments where like, oh, this is so good. And it's actually even making the original text better. So 2.2, I think, had I not seen 4 yet, I would have said 2 would be my favorite one, but we'll get there. 3.3, I don't like. I do not think that I like it, even after 4 kind of fixes a lot of stuff. 3 just throws a lot at you, and it expects you to care about a certain character that, because they were in the series, you kind of have that in there, but... I like what the character was used for as a tool in the series, but in the movie, it seems like they try to give it more stock as a character instead of a tool for the narrative. And I think it kind of falls flat for me because of that. And a lot of the movie hinges on that. So at that point, the whole movie was kind of lost to me. Uh, The other thing as well is that, oh, I forgot the other complaint I have about 2.2. 2.2 uses probably the most egregious amounts of 3D animation in the mix of 2D animation, and it bothers me so much every single time because you will have shots of just something that you're staring at that's just pure 3D, and then you have like one instance of 2D that's in front of it. I'm like, no, right? just make it all 3D. Literally, just just make the entire movie an Unreal Engine. Grab Unity Engine. I do not care. Just keep the art style consistent if you're not going to be 2D the entire time. Which is why, at the end of the day, End of Evangelion is still the peak of everything because there is no 3D there, and all the insane amount of shit that they did there is just straight 2D. Gorgeous. Now, 3.0 plus 1.0, which I've been using interchangeably for 4 because that's a long-ass name. I don't need to say that every single time. The fourth movie really was the missing piece that the entire movies needed because I truly believe now that this was something that the creator Hideaki Anno really needed. Like he needed this cathartic close to Evangelion. Like I genuinely think that I love the fourth movie because it's probably the most obvious he is about what the purpose of these movies are and uh, well Dorian do you know just how prevalent Evangelion is in Japan I know it's a really fucking big deal so like I don't like the whole washing machine joke I definitely had heard that before so I I know it's very popular (laughs) okay so Evangelion is something that at least judging off of one video that I've watched right literally just one video uh you can hear the Evangelion theme inside a train. You could probably go into 
like a karaoke bar and you would probably hear someone sing it at least once a night. You can go to buildings and you'll probably just see a random statue of Evangelion. You can go outside and you'll probably see a couple of posters of Evangelion. Like this is so pervasive in Japan that I truly think that it would be their Star Wars where if you were to go out like here in the US, maybe even Canada, I don't know. I don't know what you guys do over there. I assume it's just hockey and maple syrup, right? So over here, like if you go, you it's easy to find something Star Wars if you are anywhere around people, right? And Japan is pretty much that. So I have to imagine that with the feelings that Hideaki Anno has with Neon Genesis Evangelion, I wouldn't be shocked if he made the rebuild specifically to recontextualize how he saw his own work. Now, I hand it back to you because I want to hear how you feel about your three episodes that you've seen so far. Yeah, one thing that you said to me, and it's funny, I have this in my notes, or that you said on just a few minutes ago, was that it's very Monster of the Week. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of my notes is that it feels very Saturday morning cartoonish to me, this show so far, mm-hmm. in the sense that it just seems like every week, I, and I've only seen three episodes so far. I'm very mm-hmm. late to start this. God bless my friend for hooking me up with a Netflix account. I appreciate you. So I didn't Shout have to give to the Poop. money. <laughs> Actually, it was a different guy, but oh, never mind. Poop was going to as well. So thank you, Poop. But it feels very Saturday morning cartoonish to me in that sense that it just feels like every week it's going to be a new monster that you fight with a little bit of story development. And I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if I hate it. I I certainly don't like it. (laughs) It just feels very, feels very plain. Like, I'm not big into the whole robots fighting. And that's definitely a big part of the episode. There's that weird, quirky Japanese humor in there, which I do not find (sighs) funny. The perverted stuff, I do not find funny. I mean, there's two things I've enjoyed about this show so far. Uh, the penguin i I don't know what the fuck's up with it but i mean that was the most random fucking shit i've ever seen in my entire life but god bless that penguin and and what i've actually done is i muted at the end of every episode and played the actual music fuck you netflix yes um and that is a great little jam i like that song but everything the opening intro i can't stand it like i what no 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 Oh. Episode, no, episode's over. God, no, we can't. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing this. Uh, no. The whole no. boy becomes a man. I don't. It's wait, so oh. cheesy to me. Are you wait, wait? Are you watching an English dub of it? Like, is the song English dubbed? No, I'm. I'm listening. I'm doing subs. I'm doing subs. Wait. Okay. No. No. We are not going to have Cruel Angel pieces <laughs> hatred on passive pickles. No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't cool. like it. Don't read the lyrics. Don't read the lyrics. The lyrics, the lyrics of course, are going to be on the nose. The the lyrics might be fine, but the, it just feels so like, yeah, you can do it, Shinji. Yeah. Look, look. If you like, if you like, let the mystery be. Okay, you can like this. Okay, because uh, at some I, point that song is like, oh, really? Okay, all right then. I like I, let the mystery be. I don't love it. Wait, okay, hold on. Like, even the first episode, the first episode is great because Shinji gets his ass kicked so fucking badly, which is hilarious I mean, I, when you look at the song. I mean, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, like, like the, Shinji doesn't do shit, all right? The Evangelion handles it all, and that's what I like about the song. The song is like, yeah, you can do it. The first episode, fucking demolished. Demolished. Shinji, you can't do shit. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe it'll grow on me. But Dude, I, the, I, I, I like I like the end credit song a lot better. I'll say that much. I, although no. I don't know what I, I, I muted Netflix, so I don't know what they fucking replaced it with. But they replaced yeah. it with Ray's theme, which is just the like the little piano theme. Oh uh, yeah, no. like fly, I love Fly Me to the Moon. So 
yeah, Fly Me uh, to the Moon is incredible. That, but yes. the sad part is that it took giving that up to get the show on Netflix, which uh, you're still hoping the Blu-rays bring it in, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know if they'll license that. That'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so so far all, overall, like I guess, I, I mean, I don't know if I mean you you hated the first sixteen episodes, right? Yes, absolutely. Like for yeah, the I, most part, it just did nothing for me. The only things that were carrying me through were a Cruel Angel's thesis and Pen Pen. Like that's it. Yeah, I don't know if I hate it as much as you, but I certainly don't like it. Like, I was on my phone for a good chunk of the third episode, which is never good a move. good sign. So, I mean, I'm going to keep doing that. I very much read your read what you've said, so I, I will stick with it. I will finish it because, and I'll decide if the payoff's worth it then. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It feels very, it feels very anime to me. Which, yeah, no. Yeah. It really does, which... To be fair, with the way that Hideaki Anno wrote this, right, it was very, what was it? I think what happened is that one of his friends was like, hey, I need a time slot filled. Here you go. You write whatever you want. Go for it. We'll air it. Just give me something to air. So, Had he done he, a show before this? Sorry. Uh, he wor- used to work at Ghibli, and then I think okay. afterwards he made a movie that bombed really hard. So he was already in a depressive state because of that. Gotcha, and then gotcha. he was basically given a blank check of that opening spot. So pretty much the entire series was him just throwing shit at the wall for a little bit like he's like ah whatever i'm just writing these episodes as we go so i think it is eventually he started something very plain and boring and then eventually his depression seeped in and that's what started coloring pretty much the rest of the show and once it starts coloring it oh boy that's oh cool. boy one thing i will give the show credit for is especially it's sorry it was 1998 did originally you know, seven? six i think six, six or seven that for that time the animation's actually quite nice so i'll give it full props for that i actually like the animation in it so. no no the animation every single time that i think about the show's animation in the fight scenes i'm like oh yeah that looks good but Oh, wait, actually, no, I'm going to jump back to the rebuilds for a second. So remember how I was complaining about the 3D effects? The yeah. Evangelions in the movies are always 3D, like at least from one of the booklets that I read from either the 2.2 Blu-ray or the 3.3 Blu-ray. Apparently, the Evangelions are always 3D. And every single time I watch them, I'm like, how the fuck is this 3D? And Every single time that I see these giant robots, I don't know how the hell they pulled it off where these things like eh, occasionally you can kind of tell that they're 3D, but they're done so well that it's unbelievable. Like, I really do think it's probably the closest a 3D animation's ever come to look to 2D. So at the end of the day, those things have always been incredible. The show I'm always impressed with thinking about how so much of it, so much anime just looks so cheap. But the Evangelions, like at least the series, has always kind of felt like even though they're still shoestring budget and even though it still always felt cheap, it felt like it was always the music. The Evangelions themselves always looked like they were detailed enough that they put in a whole bunch of effort there and once again it probably started the whole trend of hey the fight scene has all of the budget everything yeah. else please for the love of god you've got a stick of gum and half of an eaten moldy ham sandwich to animate the rest <laughs> of it good luck it's like oh shit okay as long as those fight scenes look good <laughs> all right keep the static scene uh just play the vo off screen just, just freeze it for like 10 minutes please oh my god we need to fill this airtime. So, yeah, like all of that, 
all that being said, so like I had mentioned, he eventually just started letting his depression seep into the show. 3.0 plus 1.0. Fuck, I was going to call it 4, but whatever. Okay, interchangeably again. The thing that 4 showed me more than anything else was that the way that I phrased this like earlier this day, right, is imagine if you were just severely depressed and then you wrote something and then your entire country became obsessed with that work and everywhere you went in that country, you were reminded of that depression because of the work that you keep seeing. And I can't imagine how fucking horrible that has to be to just keep looking at something and being reminded oh yeah that was the darkest point in my life cool. well, I, assume, I, I assume he's in a better place now too right oh yes oh no 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 yeah. 3.0 and pl- when 1.0 was like the clearest indication of that which uh, that's i think what makes me so happy about these movies overall that i don't know if i can really evaluate them specifically as like movies themselves i'm always just a little fangirl for meta textual readings of things and four gave me that in spades where i just really love reading into it as his mental state and his relationship with his art and that movie showed me more than anything else that that was probably something he was dealing with and when it comes right down to it i think the rebuilds were something like mental health wise for him where I think he just needed to change the way that he saw Evangelion because while everyone else is like, oh man, the deep philosophical themes, oh, the giant robots, oh, Cruel Angel's thesis, oh, waifu wars, like everyone has a different way that they see Evangelion. And then I think Hideaki Yano just always saw it as that was probably the darkest time of my life and I'm constantly reminded of this. So I think the rebuilds were something for him to do to be able to go onto the train, hear Cruel Angel's thesis, and not think of the darkest time, but instead think about the time that he decided to change the story, change the context for how he feels with his artwork that he'll probably be known for for the rest of his life. Yeah, like that's, he'll never, like, I mean, he might make something good, but he'll never escape that shadow, I don't think, which it sounds like it's could be a good shadow now so or something that something that at least more positive to him obviously everyone it seems like everyone loves end of uh, evangelion which but uh, so, something a bit more positive for him to relate to it then in that case yeah what i'm kind of glad for is that even though 2.2 feels like it steps on some of the moments that i think are actually good in the original series there's an elevator scene i, I that's all i'll say that i feel like that that's all i'll say where i think that got trampled on but if I ever go into more detail, it'll be because people have watched the rebuilds and like I want to discuss this, but I have no plans for a special episode right now. Uh, end of Ava, maybe. But OK, well, one thing I did want to mention to you is that in the episode that I had done with Dustin about Evangelion, he actually fixed the horiness for me in Evangelion, which was actually really impressive. So whenever you get done with the series and done with End of Ava, I'll give you the info that he gave me okay. that I feel like actually fixed it for me. So that's good. Hopefully so, because right now I just want to, you know, every time I see it, I'm just like, Japan. Yeah, exactly. No, no. <laughs> it, it's, I'll never forgive the Japanese, basically. <laughs> the fourth movie, I think, recontextualized how I watched all the movies. 
And I already said that because I look, I'm pretty sure that Evangelion, the show, is not going to get better for me. I really don't think so. I'm still going to buy the Blu-rays because I want to keep my word in saying that I was going to rewatch it on Blu-ray as opposed to Netflix, which I can't wait to get bled out about $200 because I said that. Great. This is what I get for being a man of my word. <laughs> um, End of Ava, though. End of Ava, regardless, is just always going to be a masterpiece landmark film for me that I just cannot believe exists. And Japan should have packed it up after that. I don't think I'm even being sarcastic. <laughs> now, the rebuilds more than anything else, because I know how important it was for Hideaki Anno at this point. It makes me want to say that they were worth it, even though I still think that the original series, even with the amount of time that it wastes, I still think that nothing is ever going to get close to touching the final two episodes and end of Ava when taken all together as one piece. Because, wait, do you know the controversy with the last two episodes or no? Uh, just how they, they go off in like a, we talked about spoilers, but honestly, my memory's so bad, I've forgotten most of them. <laughs> I, I know they go off in a different direction and that they're very lightly animated and that they really piss people off. I know that much. Okay, then yes, just to slightly add to that, yes, the last two episodes were not what people were expecting. And because of that, <sighs> You know what? I'm going to blame this on the weebs. Fuck you, weebs. <laughs> all right. You guys are the entire reason that Hideaki Anno wanted to kill himself. Okay. Fuck you guys. So those last two episodes weren't what anything people wanted. And then after that, end of Ava was supposed to come in and fix it. But all he did was just double down on the weirdness. And I guess for some reason, watching it in the movie theater made it people like it. Because once again, movies are better than anime series. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But both of them work so concurrently, even when he was doubling down, that I still think it's insane to think about. So, yeah, I don't think anything is ever going to touch that probably combined 130 minutes, I think. Like, let's say that both episodes are 20 minutes, 40 minutes. The movie's about 90 minutes, so about 130 minutes. I don't think anything would ever touch that. But the fourth movie just adds so much context to everything evangelion that he's ever done that i think it earns its place as watchable like it is worth watching i don't really know context about if they're good or not because i think i just value the meta text so much that it would be hard for me to ever watch it without the meta text at this point right. so yeah evangelion rebuilds they ended very well. I don't think they hit the highs that the series or end of Ava do. It definitely doesn't hit the lows. Definitely doesn't hit the lows. Thank God. <laughs> but the rebuilds are their own thing. They don't really trample on the entire series. They trample on some moments. But overall, I'm positive of them. And at the end of the day, this proves again, film is better than anime series. Anime series should give up, make movies instead, because movies have the budget and time to not cheap out on everything. Yay. Woo. Is that out of 10? Oh, actually, uh, yeah. <laughs> film, film over anime series out of 10. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still very early in, so my score will just simply be pen pen out of 10. That's a good score, though. That's a good score, though. Well, I mean, he's the best part of the show so far. Oh, and I, I mean, I've literally seen him for 20 seconds, so I don't even know if he comes back or not. A pen pen will return. Okay, good. 
Uh, the, the Avengers have already <laughs> called him. He will show up. <laughs> Good. Dude, Thanos would have gotten his ass smacked by Pen Pen. Oh, the, he looks like a bad bitch, man. Like, like he looks like he'll straight up punch a motherfucker. Dude, every single time that Pen Pen showed up in the series or the rebuilds, I would grab my wife and be like, it's motherfucking Pen Pen. And she'd be like, <laughs> ooh, ooh, uh, Pen Pen is so good. Okay, I love so. it. All right, that's that's what I got tossing it to you for for opening weeb trial. Yes, opening weeb trial. So I have been playing and I'm still playing The Legends of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Part 1. All right, now time to test myself and see how long I can roll my eyes. All right, go. So let's, uh, I mean, let's start with a little bit of background. Uh, this is a series uh, made by Falcom, a developer in Japan, uh, and it's a long running series. Uh, basically, it's huge, overarching games. There's a bunch of different series. This is actually, I think, technically, I mean, oh, my God, you straw hats, you're going to be rolling your eyes at me trying to explain this history. I apologize in advance. Right. I'm not the guy for it. But basically, there's a series before that predates this called The Trails in the Sky, which is a PC exclusive only series right now. Um, I think you can get it on yep. PSP2 or something like that. Uh, but that was the first one. Then there was Trails of Cold Steel, I believe. And then there's another one, Trails of like Crossbell or something like that. That's not the right name, but it takes place in Crossbell. Those were Japan only, but I think they're getting moved to the States in 2022 and 2023 for the first time. So anyways, all these games kind of interconnect with each other eventually. Um, apparently, the, the, the best order to do it in is start with Sky and then work your way to Cold Steel. But Sky is very dated. Uh, it's only on PC, which if you know me, fuck PC. I don't want to play games on PC. Uh, I'm going to get a, probably get a Steam Deck, though, just so I can play these goddamn games at some point. If I'm enjoying the series enough, which, you know, so far I am, but I'll get into that. Oh, no. Um, sorry about your eyes. Uh, uh, Cold Steel. <laughs> I look like The Undertaker right now. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, God, okay. trust me. I can't quote it. I don't remember this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said that. Hopefully. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Look, we um, can say whatever. We can say whatever. I'm pretty sure the Undertaker at some point wanted to sell me car insurance. I don't know. If the we... fucking Undertaker did not say rest in peace at some point, then I don't know what's going on with my life. All I remember is him getting out of the coffin. That's it. Yes, that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> I, I think he did that multiple times. Um, yeah, so anyways, Trails of Cold Steel. So anyways, so I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel 1. That's the first in the series. I got an imported European copy. Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm really liking it. Uh, here's the thing with it, though. So I am probably 20 hours into the game now, 20, 21 hours into the game. Uh, how long to beat this? This is a 60 hour game. I'm playing with turbo mode. I'm going to be done it quicker than that. Like I'm probably going to be done in 45 to 50 hours. Still long though. Still a JRPG length. Shorter than Persona though. Here's the thing. Funny thing about this game though. So like I said, I'm 20 hours into this game. I kid you not. It took 17 hours, 17 to 18 hours for them to actually start developing the story. Not lying. 17 to 18 hours to develop the story and then they develop the story at the end of the chapter and then start the next chapter and just kind of lose that story development for a while now we're back into it again but i'm saying there's like 18 hours where there's no story then you get a little bit of story probably about like half an hour of story then they forget about it for an hour and then they get back into it again this game's pacing is something it is a fucking sight to behold they've spent 18 hours just on character building, world building, trying to get you invested in this world and these characters. 
And I kind of, it's so ballsy. Like, I, I don't know why I'm not hating it more because I should hate it. It's ridiculous that you spend that long because these there's there's four games in this series. So it's very obvious to me that they're going to, that I, apparently from two on, everything's just go, 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 go. And they're spending this entire game building it up, making you care about things. But I mean, it shouldn't work, but it kind of is for me. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, to me, the best thing I could say about this game is it feels like if you took Harry Potter and you took Game of Thrones and you just fucking made them weep. That's kind of what this game is. And it's got a lot of like, <laughs> it's got a lot of uh, political conflict in there uh, with the school setting and then just kind of developing this world that's on the brink of war. At least that's what I feel like it's heading towards. I don't know. It's interesting. And it's, it flies in the face of everything that I should appreciate, but I'm really liking it so far. And to the point where I've already started getting the other games in the series, I'm looking for steel books now. I mean, maybe this will throw on my face eventually and I'll end up hating it. Hopefully not, but I mean, 20 hours in and I'm definitely invested in the game. I want to keep going. So I, my, my imperialistic side is coming out and just wants to conquer Japan to get them to cease. <laughs> oh, my God. Weeb Harry Potter. Harry Potter is already weeb as it is. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they just... Uh, Game of Thrones weeb. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. The problem is that I don't think Japan knows to handle violence. Uh, well, to be fair, the violence hasn't been huge yet. When I say Game of Thrones, I'm very much thinking it's going to head Game of Thrones direction because basically you've got these four big houses, they're called, the, the big families, these noble families. And you can tell they all have, and they're all building their own armies. They're all building their own defenses. And you can just see the direction it's slowly going. It's certainly not there yet. We're 22 hours in and we haven't gotten there yet. But you can just see that's kind of the, the seeds are planting. Everybody's building their own army. And I don't know where this class technically fits in yet because they're off doing their own thing in school and kind of stumbling into these issues and helping these people. So I don't know where they're going to fit in at the end of the day, but you can definitely see the conflict is starting to rise up. Just the idea of all this is enough to make me cringe into a tiny box. <laughs> I feel like I could contort myself with the amount of uncomfortability I feel. Well, and I'm not going to blame you. If, if you were playing this game, Edwin, and you just said that exact same stuff to me and explained it that way, I'd be cringing too. I, I would be. I would be cringing my life away. I'd be like, this is the stupidest thing. I watched. It's funny. Before I started playing this game, because bless you, Straw Hat, you, he would keep mentioning this game. It's kind of his thing, his shtick. He, he would mention Trails of Cold Steel every chance he could get. So I was like, well, what is this game? And I watched like a video of it, some combat, some trailer. And I'm like, man, this game looks shit. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to play this fucking game. But what made me bump it up so quickly is I got him to play Parasite Eve, which you'll talk about later, I guess. Yes. But I got him to play Parasite Eve in a trade because he had never played. And I was like, oh, man, you should play this game. At least give it a shot because I don't know. I would want to see your thoughts on it. So I was like, I'll tell you what, if you do this, I'll bump up Trails of Cold Steel. Because instead, I was supposed to be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 right now, which would have been a whole different week. Oh. We'll get to that. I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's uh i don't know it's fascinating i i still i, I don't want to go into it too much because you know once i finish it i think i'll have more to say and definitively on it apparently the game ends on a giant cliffhanger and everyone's like oh you're gonna play two right away you're gonna play two right away these people don't know how structured my fucking backlog is though i ain't playing two right away yeah but, but if you get a new game it bumps up to the top yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, no, and that's the problem. Starting in September, I have Life is Strange True Colors. I have Lost Judgment. Uh, in October, we're doing the Resident Evil thing. I'm oh. doing... Um, uh, I'm starting that I, in August, by the way. Like, I know that there's no way I'm going to finish all those games unless I start in August. 
Wait, that's oh fair, my god. Yeah. We're in August. Oh fuck. Oh yeah, my god. Oh god. Oh god. I gotta start. Oh my god. Oh fuck. <laughs> you better get started soon. No, no, no. Wait, no, sorry. September. September. Oh, oh September. Okay. okay, there oh, you go. I'm so dumb. Oh my god. I there really go. started freaking myself out. I might actually sneak a Resident Evil game in September if I have time, actually, because I might have time in the middle there to sneak in zero. But you know me, I'm kind of a machine with this shit, so I think I'll be fine oh, if I October. Yes. Yeah, so October we've got that. Far Cry Six is in October. So uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy is in October. So there's a lot of new shit I want to play that I'll sprinkle in. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like even if it ends in the cliffhangers of cliffhangers of cliffhangers, which I'm expecting it to, honestly, the earliest I could see myself getting into it is maybe November, maybe December, because I still want to play Halo Infinite, which is going to be in November. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know what else is in November. COD, I don't really care about. I don't know. But anyways, um, you're telling me you don't want to buy the sexually assaulted video game uh, Call of Duty. (laughs) What? I I was going to buy three copies. I I wish I could say, fuck you, Activision. I'm boycotting COD because of your sexual assault case. Honestly, fuck COD to begin with. though. I don't really like it. So it's not really that. I actually really like old COD, like Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. For me, I, Blops has just never fucking done for me, and that's where I dropped out of the series. So Yeah, don't worry. I've got an episode about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so, I, I mean, would I recommend Trails of Cold Steel to anyone? No. Would I recommend Trails of Cold Steel to you, Edwin? Fuck no. <laughs> Although, see, watching you play it for 10 hours would be absolutely hilarious. So I almost hope God of War does come out this year. Oh, God. Uh, context, context, context. Uh, Straw Hat, uh, uh, one of the co-hosts of Weebs of the Corn. I've been over there if you want to understand why I hate Weebery and anime and all that, right? Uh, basically, we have a bet that God of War was going to go to PC at some point in this year. If God of War does go to PC, I was going to have to play 10 hours of Trails of Cold Steel. If God of War does not come out on PC this year, he has to play uh, Spec Ops The Line. So I'm trying to culture him. He's trying to make my life miserable. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're safe on that bet, by the way. I, I'd be a shock if God of War comes on PC this year now. Uncharted 4 uh, for PC. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if anything else is coming up this year, though. But yeah, he, uh, I think you're safe, but watching you play 10 hours of this would be absolutely hilarious. Like I, I would, that would be must watch stream, stream entertainment for me just to see how far your eyes could humanly roll back into your head. Can you um, imagine if I played the entire game with my eyes rolled back and it's just like, how can he still play? He can't see. <laughs> how is he still doing this? Yeah. I, I still think you'd appreciate it more than days gone though, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not that much. look at least days gone i had oh wow oregon's really beautiful this would have me like why the fuck do all the characters look like every anime ever i know you 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 popped in my stream for what was it like two minutes yeah that that was too much that was that was five minutes too much well and one thing i'll say too and and i'm I'm about to upset the weebs i'm sorry but every it's it's funny all of them were like oh the music and trails is so great the music is fantastic Mm -hmm. i I don't know man like i mean there's a couple of catchy little tunes but i think for the most part i mean the the voice acting i'll say this the voice acting has actually been pretty good like i actually there's been one or two characters i've come across so far that i've been like okay this is pretty cringe but it's a giant cast so Props to them for that. But for the actual music itself, I could honestly probably be playing this game on mute. I don't think it's anything special. Hey, Weebs, have you ever played Near Replicant when you open up into a gigantic open forest and then Kechi Okabe just goes, yeah, you're going to fucking vibe. But, uh, yeah, there's like... 
yeah there's different tiers of music for me there's like you know you got your nears which is like god tier persona which soundtrack which i consider really good fucking god tier mm-hmm. and then there's just then there's bad which is like this music actively wanting to make me scratch my eyes out trails isn't that it's just forgettable tier i, I don't really remember any of it except the battle theme because you hear it so much but, and when you first start up the game the, the menu that plays over the title screen is nice but that's the only time you hear it god you um, said battle theme and for some reason my mind just immediately went to final fantasy 15 i don't know why that was my first one i still gotta play it. final fantasy 15 that's coming soon too oh i'll tell um, you right now that soundtrack is that good? soundtrack yeah. does so much like I, yeah that, that doesn't surprise me kingdom hearts soundtrack is very good too so he that what's the guy's name fucking no no girl girl yoko shimamura thank you he knows his shit with music she does so. she does she she excuse me she. yeah yoko shimamura is fucking masterful she's the only thing that pulled me when i played kingdom hearts for my wife like that's it like if she wasn't <laughs> there i think i would have probably actually died <laughs> like i think at some point my heart would have just been like stop and the rest of my body would have gone okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just see. I think that was mostly it. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, I'm not done it yet. So I guess the only score I will give it so far is a madman out of 10 for that. No, slow no, way. I'm sorry. No! But that incredible. No! I'm, I'm just comparing the incredibly slow <sighs> burn of, uh, of I'm not comparing the quality of it. Just the, just the slowness of it. <laughs> My chair literally just started dropping slowly when you said slow. <laughs> ah. uh, oh, I I give it a please, Japan, learn another art style out of 10. Please, <laughs> for the love of God. Oh, man. Okay, continuing Weave Trial. Uh, what else do I have? Um, Space Jam 2 is probably Weave, but I guess we'll <laughs> say that later. <laughs> Akira. Akira, I finally showed my best friend Akira. He had his friend come over too, who was curious about Akira. Both of them had their minds fucking blown. Uh, the spoilers, uh, I mean, not spoilers, I guess warning, they are weebs. They do like anime. So I guess maybe like, I, I can't really use them as a barometer for if Akira is good or not. But uh, Akira, at the end of the day, still phenomenal piece of work. Uh, watching this compared to the Evangelion movies, it's still hilarious to me how much more detail there is in every single frame of this movie than there is in the Evangelion movies. And that's with them even cheating using 3D. Akita has no 3D animation whatsoever. It is all 2D. And when you watch that, you're like, how did they accomplish this? If you are telling me people nowadays can't even accomplish this using 3D, how the fuck did the people who make Akira make such a landmark piece of animation that it is still outclassing every single other 2D animation to have come out and probably ever will come out? I do not understand how Akira exists. I do. I am so glad it exists. And at the end of the day, every other 2D artist should be embarrassed because they are never going to make Akira. They're never going to put in the amount of work that Akira had. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because even with the help of computers, they still aren't touching anything that Akira is doing. And uh, I'm going to say something controversial. Even with all that said, even with all that said, I think End of Evangelion is better. I I don't understand how. It wasn't until Akira... There's a certain point where Akira just loses its goddamn mind and decides to get really experimental, and I fucking love it. For some reason, I don't understand what it is. Whenever Japan gets really experimental, I'm into it. Like, I just am super into it. 
And Aki, that does it. Fucking love it. End of Evangelion. When that thing loses its mind, I think it's God tier. I think it is top tier. I think it is possibly one of the most greatest artistic expressions I've just ever seen. And the best part is, is that Akira is something that easily influenced everything else in Japan afterwards. And End of Evangelion took those inspirations and then just took it another level. And at the end of the day, Hideaki Anno is just a... He's just a madman. I don't know how the hell he did it, but he topped Akira in the weirdness and just the experimentality. And at the end of the day... Akira and End of Evangelion will even throw Perfect Blue in there. We'll throw in Ghost in the Shell. I think if you just grab these four things and then dump the rest into the ocean, just that's it. You don't need anything else Japan has ever made, movie or TV-wise. That's it. That's fair. Yeah, I need to check that out. I, I think uh, after uh, Evangelion. Am I saying that right, by the way? Is it Evan? Is, is yeah, it Evangelion. Ha- Evangelion, okay. Um, I I think after I finish Evangelion, um, I'm gonna watch that finally because I've heard enough good things, and I know no one likes it. So, just at the end of the day, I have to tell you, Akira is just gonna be one of those movies that by the time you are done with, you're gonna be like, yeah, that was some shit. <laughs> like, I gotta be in the I gotta be in the right mood for that type of thing, but I do enjoy it. No, no, I don't even think you have to be in the right mood because like. the opening scene I think is something that needs to be studied because it is probably one of the just greatest settings. Like it, it sets the table so nicely for everything that's going to come that by the time that the opening scene was done, I was like, man, if I actually just cut it off right here, I think I would still just be as happy. Like it feels so enclosed. It establishes everything everything without a word it tells you everything that this world is without a single word and oh my god i really love the opening and if you get through that opening and you aren't just astounded by the artistry on at work i don't think you have a soul i don't think you have a heart i don't think you have a sense of ability to tell just anything good in your life at all like that's how good the opening to akira is okay definitely gotta check that out um this is completely off topic and you can cut this out edwin i just have to say something uh parrot just tagged me on the discord and said if i respond within two minutes i'm going to watch the leftovers right now if not i'll watch anime fuck you i will still watch this even while i'm podcasting to make you watch the leftovers that's it i'm typing into fucking (laughs) watch there we go (laughs) we're not cutting that out motherfucker Motherfucker trying to catch me while I was sleeping. He knew I was podcasting, dude. Other people (laughs) watch The Leftovers. Look, look, I, for for the first time, looked at the numbers for the episodes. You see, The Leftovers used to be our number one episode, and then episode zero dethroned it. And here's the thing. I think episode zero sucks, all right? That's the whole point of episode zero. (laughs) It wasn't supposed to be, like, it was supposed to be how to figure out how this was all going to be done, okay? That's why it's zero, it's not one. So... Pretty much everyone go listen to the leftovers episode after you watch the leftovers. So please, with the love of God, go do that. Go do that. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, by the way, I could have had leftovers on my list because I technically rewatched episodes two and three because Parrot was watching them. I didn't put it on there, but here's the leftover segment. Watch it. So, yeah. Yeah. The, it, look, it, if anything, I can direct a straight line from Akira to the leftovers. OK, like I'm, <laughs> if you give me enough time, I'll figure it out. I've, I've bullshitted <laughs> through high school and college. OK, give me a couple of days as prep time and I can figure this out. All right. So, yeah, Akira. Fuck landmark. Landmark title. Love it. 
Uh, do you have anything else in weave section? Is that your rating? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Landmark out of 10. Fuck, I keep forgetting the ratings. <laughs> okay. I'll give it. I need to watch it out of 10. Okay. Um, yeah, I have one more weeb thing. I won't spend too long on this. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, on Switch. Uh, I have dropped it officially. Hell yeah. Proud of myself. Honestly, so I'll give you a little bit of a, the story on how it happened. I was 15 hours into the game, and basically I'm following a walkthrough at this point, like word for word, which is never a good sign. I usually rely on walkthroughs like i'll like glance at them from time to time but i'll usually never like walk like completely just read off the page which i was doing with this game now um and i was using the ign walkthrough um and it basically said i was on chapter four there was chapter five and then it just said chapter six is an epilogue and then you're basically there's no game you're basically done at that point so i was like mm-hmm. okay i'm so close to the end i'm just gonna do this for some reason though i ended up looking at another site's walkthrough and then ign's was completely wrong there's a whole nother part of chapter six it's the longest chapter and then in the epilogue i'm like no fuck this i'm done <laughs> so i'm like i'm not going through all this i'm not enjoying it enough like, I mean, here's the thing, honestly, it's it's just the, the, the actual combat itself was pretty fun. I just don't like how hard the easy mode is. I know that sounds stupid, but I don't understand if I'm playing a game on easy mode with shout out to trails for this. I just want to enjoy the story and <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I guess maybe because it's a, a Shin Megami Tensei crossover would not let you do that. The actual combat was fun when I wasn't dying constantly. The story wasn't nearly good enough to carry me through that. The characters were okay, but they're just very weeb and anime feeling to me. I, I even went and YouTube the ending and I was like, oh man, this is stupid. Like I can't believe that's what all the buildup was for and that's what it was and that's what the ending was. So I think I made the right decision on dropping it. I don't normally like to drop games. I'm very completionist these days, but I'm dropping it. I'm trying to sell it. So that's the end of my time with that. And the Shin Megami Tensei series in general to me is completely dead. I have no interest in the new one now, and I'll never play another one of these games again. So. I have nothing new to add because everything I said pretty much in the last episode still applies. The only thing I will say as well is thank you for playing this on easy mode because it's going to make my Doom Eternal section even better. <laughs> no shit, eh? Oh, and one other thing. This game has made me realize one of the things I need in a JRPG is social links. I don't know why, but I need social links and that social activity. If a JRPG does not have some sort of social link element, it is a mountain for me to climb. I can still enjoy it, Final Fantasy VII, but it is a mountain for me to climb and it makes it harder. So one thing I've noticed with this and Shin Megami Tensei III. So were the characters being developed in Tokyo Mirage Sessions at all or? No. Okay, that's why. That's why you need I mean, I mean, link. okay, I mean, it depends. Like, this girl's very shy, and, and oh, you're going to become an idol now. Okay, now from the power of magic and friendship, you can become a better idol now. Okay. Oh, anime but, development. Yeah, it's pure anime development. Jesus Christ. Okay, I can't yeah. believe I put, I honestly am surprised I put 15 hours into that. Not, not for me at all. Not for me at all. <laughs> Okay, I think what it is is that it's not that you need a social link. I think you just need them to write characters. I mean, maybe that's it. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> there needs to be something. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing more to say. I don't usually rate games that don't finish, but like unofficially, that game's probably like a 4 out of 10 for me. I'm going to give Tokyo Mirage Sessions a Wii U out of 10. Yes. <laughs> I love how mean that is. Um, okay, let's see. Do, do I throw Parasite Eve in here? Yeah, sure. Let's just throw Parasite Eve in here because it's not going to be that long. Parasite Eve, I put it on PS3 and I played it for a little bit. I was like, hey, you know what? This feels like it has an interesting vibe. It's square while they were at their most powerful and they decided to make a weird mid-2000s cop game about a woman in New York and 
there's an opera singer who sings and everyone combusts and their mitochondria the mitochondria is going to destroy us all i was like oh man this this feels so dumb i think i'm into it right now and then i died against one enemy and it sent me back to the beginning and i went you're fucking funny and then i took the save and i broke it and i made myself level 99 and then went back and destroyed that exact same fucker because i thought you know what is it worth enough to try to figure out what's going to happen for me to go and break the save yeah i guess it is so i broke the save made myself level 99 kept playing it and i'm like oh man i think what i like about it is that it feels like the japanese pandering to america i obviously final fantasy 7 was easily the groundbreaker that brought japanese games over to the u.s in like a big way yeah sure there was final fantasy 4 final fantasy 6 on the snes but i mean those were still probably niche like it wasn't probably doing anything like mario was but final fantasy 7 is the one that broke through and then after that people started understanding jrpgs so parasite eve felt like oh we have this audience we could probably capitalize it oh yeah there's this character she's a cop in new york yeah what's more american than that and so (laughs) all of this feels so much like just pandering and i i don't know what it is i think i love it whenever the u.s has something give and they give it to japan and then japan reinterprets it and gives it back to us because i imagine that we sent over there like lethal weapon and then <laughs> japan went oh man lethal weapon that's some shit hey kojima do you want to make police knots and he's like fuck yeah of course i want to make police knots <laughs> and then they went to square like hey square you want to make parasite even they're like we just read a textbook from biology in seventh grade we're gonna talk about the mitochondria and the smooth endoplasmic reticulum yeah release parasite <laughs> drop that shit drop that shit so parasite feels so much like u.s pandering and i i i I hesitate to say I like it because I think right now it's ironic liking. Like, it's like, oh, my God, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good. But, like, <laughs> this is so dumb. Like, you've got the hard-boiled cop who's who's divorced and has a kid. He's like, yeah, but I'm always working on the force. I can never see him. I feel like I could be a better dad. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so fucking cliche. This is so cliche. And this is... This, it feels so much like if you went to go watch like a movie from the 1920s, it's like, oh, you don't have a handle on the medium yet. How cute. And yeah. that's what it feels like for Parasite Eve. It's like, oh, man, you guys didn't understand video game stories yet. So you're just redoing what movies did. Like, it's so charming from like a learning standpoint that I'm just like, ah, I'm going to get back to you. But I still haven't really gone far enough. I'm probably still like maybe an hour in. We're going to go drive to the museum. And there's some dude there who's been studying the the mitochondria. Yes. Seriously, every time they say the mitochondria, it actually (laughs) makes me laugh. Because the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell is a fucking meme. Like everyone uses a meme about how school taught you nothing important in life. But don't worry. You know, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So the fact that now that meme has gone back and infected how i'm reading parasite eve is never not going to be funny to me i just <laughs> love the idea of the japanese like yo look in the textbook what's going on here uh, smooth endoplasmic no rough endoplasmic no. Uh, the femur bone no uh, mitochondria hell yeah put the fucking mitochondria in there like i just love every single time they say mitochondria it's funny to me <laughs> i love Oh my god. So yeah, this this feels like it's gonna be a very ironic romp for me because I just I just enjoy seeing this and how it plays out. Yeah, I'll take it, man. I love Parasite Eve. Now in the sense it's a lot of those same ways. It hasn't aged very well, 
But man, what a great game. By the way, do you know who's the composer for this game? Uh, no idea, but I will say that the music, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? This is this is doing it for me, all right? Like whenever they're in the the cop theme, do, 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 do. like I know I'm probably even even humming that wrong, but I was like, "Ah, you know what? This this feels right." I'll give you a hint. We just talked about her. No way. Seriously? It, yeah, yeah, she actually does the music for this series. I didn't know that either. You know just what? That makes sense. That makes sense because yep. Yoko Shimomura, if there's anything about that woman, I will never count her out. Like, look, she pulled me through Kingdom Hearts, okay? Like, fucking Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yep. yep, there's there's why. There's why Tetsuya Nomura was the artist. Fucking, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, threads there. It's an incredibly hard game to find, too, at this point. Like, you'd basically have to buy it and play it on PS3 or Vita or something like that. I think I have it on my Vita. but And I, and I actually have the original PS1 copy still. Ooh, hold on to that. Yeah, Parasite Eve so far feels like an irony out of 10. Yeah, for me, that game, I don't, I really don't have anything ranked before... 2000 ah, the like dark my ages. rankings mm-hmm. go back to then but probably like a 7 7.5 out of 10 okay fair enough uh let's see is there anything else here um you know what oh no you didn't watch old oh no okay well you know what space jam 2 is gonna go here uh, <laughs> space, space jam 2 uh, space jam 2 is quite possibly one of the greatest cinematic moments that um film has ever had um space jam 2 has showed me that lebron james is not only one of the greatest athletes in the world but i think he might actually even be someone who uh, matches up with marlon brando um, as one of the greatest actors to have ever lived Um, i think robert de niro should probably kill himself because uh if he never could have given us a performance like lebron james did in space jam 2 uh with the connection that he has with his son and the very deep connection that a father has to their son i think Robert De Niro should just kill himself. I, I think it's over. Um, he lived his yeah. life, and LeBron James came in, and uh, he he won all those rings for a reason, and it was because of his acting prowess on on the court. And I think at the <laughs> end of the day, um, the inclusion of Loghorn Foghorn uh, writing Dracarys uh, from Game of Thrones, I think um, it, it's very multi-layered in uh, the meaning and the uh, triteness in the uh, conflicts that we have in the Middle East and uh, all the things that are found in that, um, the inclusion of uh, Yosemite Sam in Casablanca, I think gave me the uh, sequel to Casablanca that I don't think uh, we ever thought was possible. But uh, Yosemite Sam uh, comes in and upstages Humphrey Bogart as one of the greatest actors that we've ever seen. And uh, the fact that the performance came from a fully uh, digital character, I think uh, it shows us that any movie before the year probably 1990 was probably a waste of time. We should have just given up. I think the Looney Tunes are quite possibly one of the greatest acting troupe to have ever existed. I, I think Monty Python as well. I think all of them should have just killed themselves because they don't have the gravitas, you know, the the true emotional depth that Bugs Money has when he kills himself by redoing one of LeBron James's moves. I think I cried when Bugs Money said, that's all, folks, and then died. I, I don't Damn. think that a, a film has ever touched me on such an emotional level as this. And I think Space Jam 2 is going to be a landmark title for films moving forward. I think at this point, the rest of films are really going to be looking and going, ah, yes, Space Jam 2 was my inspiration. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, uh, Christopher Nolan, and just all these other directors will be looking at Space Jam 2 and going, why didn't I make space jam 2 
they have been completely ruined moving forward. Film at this point could shut down. Space Jam 2 is the truth. Granny, yeah. Granny being in the Matrix, doing the whole spin thing. Warner Brothers themselves parroting their own movie. I think it's just, it's, it's cinema. It is true cinema. It, it speaks to the soul. And the I can't do this anymore. Space Jam 2 is a piece of shit. Oh my god. This movie fucking sucks. LeBron James couldn't scream for his life if it depended on it. All the kids are bland as fuck. I don't need anyone throwing 2D characters in Casablanca or The Matrix. Space Jam 2 is such an insult for the amount of corporate shit that we have to deal with on like a weekly and daily basis that I, it's it's so cynical like it, whenever i watch jurassic world jurassic world felt like it hated itself for being a sequel to jurassic park but it still has to make its money so it still continued space jam 2 had all of that but it's also trying to genuinely like it and i i can't I can't. There's only two bright spots. I, what was it? I think I was actually keeping count of how many times the movie made me laugh. The movie made me laugh, like, I think four and a half times. And the reason I said half is that if I kind of, like, exhaled from my nose, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. That's a half. It made me laugh four and a half times, and two jokes actually landed. One of them was honestly not supposed to be a joke, which was Bugs Bunny sacrificing himself and dying, which... Fucking hilarious, honestly. So what Bugs Bunny does is that they're playing a video game, and that's the whole way that the Space Jam works in this movie. And apparently, if you do one of LeBron James's moves in the game, it glitches out and deletes that character. So Bugs Bunny does a LeBron James move and then gets deleted, and his dying words are, that's all, folks, and then dies. And I can't tell you how fucking madman maniacally cackling I was at this. The idea of Bugs Bunny killing himself using a LeBron James move and dying to that's all, folks. That fucking killed me. And then the other thing is that they were like, hey, we got Michael Jordan back. And they hype it up and like, Michael Jordan's back. Michael Jordan's back. Nope, Michael B. Jordan. Fucking killed me. <laughs> that actually was a legitimately good joke because Michael B. Jordan's like, yeah, what, what, what do you want? And all the Looney Tunes are accidentally being racist. They're like, wait, that's not Michael Jordan? Like, they keep looking at Michael B. Jordan, they're like, eh, he's black, I, I think that's still Michael Jordan. You're like, oh my god. Oh my god. I always knew Daffy Duck was secretly a racist. I knew it. Like, oh man. that Those are the only two jokes. And, by the way, there's no reason that this movie should be two hours. Fuck, why is this movie two hours? I do not need to see the Warner Brothers jacking each other off. Like, hey, look at our IP, look at our IP. Please subscribe to HBO Max. Like, I couldn't fucking stand this movie but at least it gave me enough shit to make fun of that <sighs> even those two jokes though like those two jokes are like was that worth it no am i glad i saw them yeah <laughs> um here's my insight into the movie mm -hmm. fuck lebron james well you see uh i think tencent just sent me an email saying that they know where i live so oh, no. uh, lebron james is great oh lebron my james God. is gonna get best actor considerations for this role best I, actor i truly believe that if the oscars do not nominate lebron james it's because they hate black people okay i think that's what it is oh god good okay the laser sight is off my head okay uh, i think oh, we'll okay. move on Oof, sorry about that <laughs> 
My bad. Okay. Oh no, I know. Look, they're they're always listening. Uh, hey, Xi Jinping, don't worry. It's okay. I'm winking at you. Please don't hurt me and my family. I give Space Jam to a, a two thumbs up out of ten. Please don't hurt me. I need to get somewhere. Please. I give it a Winnie the Pooh should be banned out of ten. Ah, I see the laser sight. <laughs> Oh, please move on before. I mean, I mean. Oh, wait, wait. Hey, Xi Jinping, you hate Japan too, right? I hate Japan too. Okay. Ooh. Okay, we're good. We're back. We're back. Oh, okay. All right. Thank God we can keep the episode going. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that ends Weeb Trial because Space Jam Two is obviously anime. Yes. Yes. Uh, do you want to just talk about Halo now? We got a bunch of Halo shit. So. Oh, I was gonna say movies. Let's let's go into movies. Oh, you want to go movies? All right. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. I t- I spoke Space Jam Two. So th- do you have any movies or no? Uh, just the Suicide Squad. So if you want to go into that now, we can. oh yeah, let's go into the Suicide Squad. Perfect. Do you want to do the character? We did some character rankings. Yes, we did. I even forgot I mentioned that. Yeah. So are we doing that first? Do you want to talk about it first? Or how are we doing this? No. 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 We're gonna go straight into the characters, and then All anything right. that we need to discuss afterwards is going to be part of that part. Uh, so Sounds good. The way that we're going to do this is that we rank the characters. And now here's the thing. We rank the characters very loosely. He could probably pull in like, oh, a random person who got hit by the starfish (laughs) at man number two. Like we didn't I didn't care how we rank this. Okay, so this is just going to be as stupid as the movie. Right. So I guess let's get this out of the way. We're both positive of the movie. Right. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Okay, cool. So then that's enough to let you know, hey, th- watch it. It's good. W- just assume spoilers for all this, okay? It's just going to be easier that way, okay? Yes, absolutely. There's going to be spoilers very early on. Let's go ahead and get into the ranking. I have Sebastian slash Ratcatcher 2 at number one. Who do you have at number one? Well, this is where it gets complicated because I actually have three different tiers, Ed. Oh, oh you have tiers. Okay, have this is tiers. even going to be so more of a mess. This is great. Yeah, this is going to be a mess. Okay, so let's uh, let's do this. I, I So I broke mine down into three very simple tiers of characters, okay? Mm. I've got the crew that die right away. Mm. <laughs> I've got the queen bitch crew uh, team. Ooh. And then I've got just the regular cast crew Ooh. tier. Okay. 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 So, um, I'll go the top, the top, top of everything for me, and that was King Shark. God bless King Shark. I love King Shark. King Shark needs his own. King Shark is my number two. All good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. How about this? You take the entire tier, and then with the amount of characters that you have, then I will bounce back with my list. Okay, let's do that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the dead crew. Okay, right, go for it. Because I think that'll be funner. Uh, number one on the dead crew, I had TDK. What does that stand for? Don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Number two, I had the savant. Number three, I had the weasel. Love the weasel. Number four, the javelin. Beautiful accent. Got to put him up there. Number five, boomerang. God bless your soul, boomerang, man. You just weren't fit for this world. Mm-hmm. Number six, Mongol. I mean, you had cool looking face paint. That's about all I know about you. Number seven, Blackguard. I mean, fuck him. Fuck, mm-hmm. fuck him. All right. Let's see. I have. Okay. So I'm going to go through the list and then we'll talk through your people. That's what yeah. we'll probably do. Well, we, you have your tier. That's when I bring up my characters. I bring up the list from the little pieces and then we'll bounce back and like that. God, this is such a fucking organizational mess. Oh, okay. we knew it was going to be a shit show. I know it's great. Just like the movie, honestly. <laughs> All right. So Sebastian slash Ratcatcher number two at number one. Number two, I got King Shark. Number three, I got Amanda Waller. Number four, I got Bloodsport. Number five, Milton. Yeah, I know. I included Milton. Six, <laughs> Polka Dot Man. Uh, shit, I already forgot the count. Oh, fuck. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Six, Polka Dot Man. Seven, DDK. Eight, 
Weasel. Nine, Harley Quinn. Ten, Blackguard. Eleven, Mongol. Twelve, Captain Boomerang. Thirteen, Rick Flag. Fourteen, Peacemaker. Fourteen, Javelin. Fifteen, Savant. Sixteen, Thinker. I, I think I counted that right. I feel like it's wrong, but whatever. Even when I'm editing, I'm not going to edit that out. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So I have the queen bitch here, which is just Amanda Waller. I mean, yes. I mean, she's just the queen bitch. Let's be real. So Absolutely. that's her own special tier. Now for the actual main cast, I broke this down into nine people. Uh, number one, I had King Shark. Number mm-hmm. two, I had Bloodsport. Number three, I had Colonel Rick Flag. Number four, I had Polka Dot Man. Number five, I had the Rat Catcher 2. Number six, I had Starro the Destroyer. Number seven, I had Harley Quinn. Number eight, I had the Thinker. And number nine, I had the Peacemaker. Okay, so in other words, the one that we add, that we deviated, you added the Starfish, I had Milton. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, Milton was a more important character, to be fair, so I can't blame you. <laughs> All right, uh, so go. Wait, wait, no, actually, no, I had Milton, though. Well, you did? Oh, okay. He's well, number two. Oh, whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> Are you sure that he's here? Yeah. We had this conversation a couple of hours ago. Yeah, no, Milton. <laughs> But that's him, right, Milton? No, that's not me. It's a movie gag, people. <laughs> okay. The crew that died. The crew that died. Uh, yes. I, I got to give it to TDK. Oh, I got to give it to TDK. is awesome. Just the shot of him's fucking limbs completely yes. gone. Him getting shot in the fucking battlefield, dying with his arm. No arms, just flailing around. It's the fucking best thing I've ever seen. The slow shot of the hand just <laughs> panning across and then just, eh, 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 eh. we're going to have a slap fight. Eh. Like, killed me. Fucking killed me. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Oh, and God then bless once, Nathan Fillion. Oh, man. And once it starts turning and he's just on the ground writhing in pain. Yes. Like, ah! <laughs> in, I think that was the moment that the movie turned for me. I was like, oh, I'm in. Okay. No, no. The movie has finally told me, hey, shut up. It'll be fine. And I'm like, Yeah. I think you're either it. in or out of that movie within the first 15, 20 minutes. Like, you're either going to be in or out. I don't think there's any in between on that guy. God. A weasel just biting it immediately. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, did anyone check if Weasel could fucking swim? <laughs> like, oh, it's so great because my wife hated him immediately. Fucking in. She's like, <laughs> this is creepy. Like, she was screaming and hiding her face underneath the blanket. Like, ah! And I was like, oh my god, he's such a fucking mess. This is incredible. He, right. this, is, this is the coked out weasel I didn't realize yeah. cinema was missing. I feel right. like he should have been in, in Space Jam 2, you know? like I feel like he was in Space Jam 2. It would have taken that movie even above Masterpiece. Oh, and, and I just love it. It's like, well, he doesn't look that bad. What did he do? Well, he killed 23 children. 27. Oh, 27. 27. Do not discount oh. those four children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he killed 27 children. Oh. <laughs> So I'm sorry. Good. I just love the idea of looking at a little coked out weasel eating children. Like it's something about that that uh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be a parent. That's uh, <laughs> no shit. That's uh, oh my god. <laughs> weasel biting it immediately is incredible. Seeing him live at the end, I was like, ah, that actually kind of disappoints me. Like I really wish that he would have just he would have shown up been alive for three minutes and then died because i think that that idea is just so funny to me that when i saw him get up and walk away i was like uh, oh, well you. i have a feeling it's going to turn into a bit of a running gag now where he'll be like, like at the start of every suicide squad movie he's just gonna die 
and they'll <laughs> somehow somehow find ways. And if they keep like if they keep finding increasingly stupid ways to do it, I could be on board for that. Oh my god, Weasel just wakes up and then goes back to prison like without any single hesitation. He's just like, ah, fuck, I don't know what to do. I don't see any children to murder. Okay, let's go back to prison. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so the idea of Weasel doing that is funny. That's fine enough. But, ah, man, I just, I would have preferred him dead. And if you ever did another Suicide Squad, just keep making that a running joke where every single time they have one character who's going to die immediately, and it's going to be a way like, wow, really, that's how? Like, that's how he dies? <laughs> he stubs his toe and explodes. You're like, what? <laughs> did he have explosives in his toe? What <laughs> What caused this? Oh, what else? Uh, Mongol, javelins, all, I didn't care. I just the I mean, job would have the nice accent. I gotta give him credit for that. But that was funny. Is that is like, oh man, we're gonna hear this accent. Oh no, he's dead. Ah, no, he's dead. <laughs> well, and his ja- his javelin's actually very important in the movie. To be fair, it's like <sighs> w- one of the key crutch stones in the movie. I mean, I love Harley Quinn. Like sad moment, sad moment. Then slaps him like, hey, are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, what was it? Boomerang. Like, here's the thing. Jai Courtney doesn't deserve a career. He really no. Does. No. So Jai Courtney smiling and then getting his head chopped off immediately in like the first few minutes. I was like, okay, there we go. This is, I'm in for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I did not think he would die right away. So that, that one caught me off guard a little bit. Oh, wait, Blackguard getting shot in the face. Oh, that was great. Immediately. Oh, that was great. I love it whenever you get a whole bunch of named characters and then just start killing them because you're like, wait a minute, they are big actors. You just killed them immediately. And it's like, yes. And then I went, I respect it. I think he, he was technically the first person to die then, right, too? Yeah. Because Weasel didn't die. So, yeah, he was technically the first person to die. But no, Weasel should have stayed dead. Should have stayed dead. I don't want to see him again <laughs> unless he continuously drowns over and over and over again. Yeah, and then, and then Savant just, like, being like, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. That's why he's so too. low tier for me. He's just like, I'm going to run. It's like, oh, you're just to show that the bomb is in the neck. Boo. <laughs> boring. Yeah, also, he had when he board. killed that bird. By the way, why is there so much bird? violence in this movie yeah they don't like birds birds. yeah james gunn doesn't like birds uh, he probably thinks that they're actually the government spying on us probably yeah savant just once he killed that bird i was like you fucker and then once he got blown up i was like yeah i'm okay with you hurting the bird now i don't remember that's the thing mongol oh now i remember why i like mongol mongol screaming as the helicopter starts spinning just oh that entire team just getting fucking demolished immediately was always just a fucking joy to me yes all right anything else about the beach scene like i I think i've got that no i was it was a great way to set the tone of the movie like i said you were kind of either in or you're out at that point i think it it was just really well done for me all right so let's go to the queen bitch territory amanda waller is just oh Oh, my god she's so good just amanda waller the entire time just deadpanning just looking at everyone being like this is the short straw I drew. This is the life I chose. And I have to deal with all of these fucking morons. <laughs> I love her tone just so much because she is just so over it from scene one. Yeah. Uh, plus the scene where she and Bloodsport just go to fucking blows where both That's of them are just like, both of them just look at each other like, yo, yo, we're going to hype each other in acting. Are you ready? And both of them go, hell yeah and then they swing for the fences you're just like okay this is a lot more caliber than the suicide squad needed you didn't need <laughs> right. to do this like the, you really you hard thank you thank you for doing it but 
we really didn't need this. Oh, they go hard, man. I loved it. It was a great scene. I know. Just uh, Amanda Waller, great. I actually froze for a little bit whenever she got hit with a golf club. I was like, oh my god, what the who the fuck decided to betray Amanda Waller? I like, fuck it. I don't want to deal with this. Like, I would never fuck that. Amanda Waller terrifies me. Yep, but they're gonna get the revenge as we see at the end of the credits. Or she gets her revenge, I should say. She does? Oh, wait, did she fire them? Or... No, she didn't fire them. She st- she does something work. Sticks them with John Cena. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> John Cena should have been dead. Yeah, if I don't under. I mean, we'll, okay, we'll talk about when we get to his character. Okay, all right. Uh, so that was the bitch queen territory. Go, go next. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're on the regular territory. So King Shark. King Shark's fucking hilarious. I love King Shark. Uh, everything about King Shark in this movie is just, he's obviously comic relief, but he's got heart. He's, I mean, he eats people. I never knew that what I was missing in my life was seeing uh, just a fully CGI shark just walking on two legs walking towards someone voiced by Sylvester Stallone going nom nom biting someone (laughs) and just blood spray off the side of a bus I didn't realize I was missing this in my life and I think that I can truly live a fulfilled life beyond this point hand hand (laughs) oh everything that King Shark says you're just like oh my god you're so pure just why are you here? Did you eat people? Which, if you did, they were probably dicks, right? Yeah. The movie does such a good job, at least for me anyways, because you, you kill all those people off at the beginning, and then you kind of have your secondary suicide squad. And most of that entire cast, I can say, besides one exception, I could say, man, I really hope this person doesn't die, like, because they could. And I was like, man, if you kill King Shark, I'm going to be fucking pissed. I'm not going to be happy. I love King Shark. The thing is that if King Shark died, I think if after they showed him crying in the van, which, God, do you, like, I was so confused when I saw King Shark crying in the van. I was like, no, no, don't make King Shark cry. He's, he's such a pure soul. He's too dumb to understand that he's left out. Oh, no, he's not. He's not. He's smart enough to know that they're partying in there. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I feel. Oh, I was like, no, great. Now I'm invested in King Shark. If you kill him, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, that was the moment for me too. <laughs> Just oh, whenever he's dancing with the little stupid amoebas, I was like, oh no, King Shark, please don't. And they started biting. He was like, no, don't you hurt King fuckers. Shark. <laughs> you fuckers. He just wants oh. friends. He doesn't even know what friends are until That's Rat Catcher 2 is like, don't eat me. And then he's yeah, like, uh, friends? <laughs> okay, King Shark, no eat friends. <laughs> so good. Fucking Sylv- and Sylvester's alone, man. Props for that. It's such a fucking stupid role, but he does it so well. He's so pure. Please, someone protect King Shark at all costs. And don't get eaten. He might do it. Yeah, true. <laughs> all right, next character. Uh, who, who are we talking about? Uh, B- B- Bloodsport? Want to do Bloodsport? Yeah, let's go for Bloodsport. Uh, Idris Elba does nothing this movie. He he does nothing this movie. He is Idris Elba, which is okay because Idris Elba is good, but he is pretty much just the reason for the movie to go, ah, you see, we had a plot. We had a redemption arc. There's his daughter just inexplicably watching news because obviously 14-year-old girls love to watch the news. Like, like it's fine. It's fine. I just enjoyed his interactions with Peacemaker more than anything else. Like that was it. Yeah, yeah. The, he definitely elevated Cena in those scenes. I think. I think I like the theory that it was like, okay, like we had Deadshot in the first one, and Jim's going, no, you know, I'm going to do that, but I'm actually going to do it good, and that's <laughs> what we got with Bloodsport. 
I love the idea instead that they were just going to try and get Will Smith, but Will Smith just passes on good projects now, just True. like probably intentionally. So they're like, ah, we can't get him. <sighs> you just want to redo it? And they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Which villain can we use? I have a little blood sport. <laughs> I love the idea that they just had comics open on a wall and then blindly threw a dart and it's like, and ah, blood sport. Okay, He's got a mask. Cool looking mask. You're in. He uses guns? Yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> that yeah. won't be hard to CG animate or anything. But yeah, it, 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 you're right. It's Idris Elba, but Idris Elba's good, so I don't have an issue with that. He does great in the movie. Yeah. Uh, going cool. on from that, uh, the the jungle scene where he and Peacemaker are just trying to outdo murdering <laughs> yeah. all those people. It's great. Is He's uh, got the, what has he got, like the tiny bullets, right? Yeah, the tinier bullets, yeah. which, no, no, no. Wasn't it that uh, Peacemaker had tinier bullets, but then... Uh, Bloodsport made his bullets even tinier, which is why John Cena died. Well, I thought John Cena had the exploding bullets. I don't know if they were tinier necessarily, but his like had that explosion impact on them. <laughs> but okay, then, yes. and then I think Bloodsports were just smaller to begin with. And then, but at first, obviously, and that comes later into the play. But at first, John Cena gets all the fancy explosions with his bullets, right? Okay, no, because what I was misremembering was that I misremembered whenever they were dick measuring when they first met each other, <laughs> and Peacemaker was like, I can be, I can hit it in the center harder. And he's like, no, I can. And then John Cena goes, no, but you use big bullets. I use smaller bullets. My bullet's going to go through your bullets. And then I think because Bloodsport probably heard that, I was like, ah, shit, I never thought about smaller bullets. Ah, I'm going to make my bullets <laughs> even smaller. Like, I be. thought that was the point of that, so eh, that's the thing. I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again. I really liked it, but I don't think it's anything like, ah, uh, yeah, but I don't, I enjoyed my time. I don't think I need to watch it again. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it can be very good, but also not something I want to rewatch. That's not to knock on it. It's just like, yeah, that was good. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it again at some point, but I'm I'm not going to rush out to buy it on 4K Blu-ray unless there's a nice steelbook or something. But I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't think I like this. I really like this movie, but it also is. I realize that now the movies I buy are ones that like connect to me on a certain level. It's like Bioshock. I understand Bioshock is so incredible, but I also don't think it's one that connects with me that hard. So it's not why like I like it as much, but I completely understand that. Ugh, that's a fucking monster of a title. Yeah, for sure. All right, next character. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Ratcatcher two. All right, Ratcatcher two. Of course, my number one. The only reason I have her at number one is because Sebastian. Like, yes, Sebastian. Sebastian is fantastic. Sebastian gives me hope that if for some reason Disney lost their fucking minds and decided to do a live action remake of Ratatouille, that we might have a chance. <laughs> like, Sebastian yeah, I... with his little jacket. Like, my wife lived in, like, a really shitty house as a kid. Not later on, but, like, that initial house just had so many... Like, it was enough of a problem with rats that she is just completely just like she's broken against rats if she ra sees rats in any sort of instance not even in real life she is running so sebastian and rat catcher too when she saw she's like no rats and so pretty much the fact that sebastian won her over eventually with just how he was so sad about everyone treating him like a rat i was like ah well you know what if even her most fearful angry and vengeful against rats can fall for him i'm falling too sebastian is such a good boy yeah she she fell with the uh she had the same uh, character arc as bloodsport early on <laughs> uh, all those uh, no actually no to be fair yeah she, she did even when all the rats started swarming she's like Ew! 
but then every time she saw Sebastian, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great though. Like, I, she's obviously she is. If there is a heart of the movie, it is definitely her. She's the only one that they really try to push things through. Um, definitely didn't want to see her die either. So they did a good job building her character. And then Sebastian's awesome. Is it weird that like even though yeah, she's supposed to be the heart. Like, I don't really think like i cared like i was just like yeah this is kind of what you just have to do in a movie yeah you kind of just have to oh, make yeah. sure that it's not just not 2d cutouts that are walking around so rat catcher having the story with her dad i was like yeah this feels necessary like even the movie felt like come on like we, we have to do this like we just have to do it and everyone just kind of goes okay yeah sure i don't think they were ever tr that's the thing i don't think they were trying to make me feel i think they were just kind of like we have to do this. Like that entire scene in the bus kind of feels like, yeah, we got to make sure that we show that these characters are having a moment. So you buy that they're bonding. Like that, that's what it reads to me. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. All right. So Rand catcher too. Yeah. Even at the end, like when she's having that moment where she's thinking about her dad, I wasn't thinking, Oh man, look at that. I was thinking, Oh man, look, it's Taika Waititi. I love it. I love that he got it in this movie. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I was so excited. I was like, oh, man, I love the idea that James Gunn and Taika Waititi are just friends now. They're just going to be cameoing in each other's movies. And now Sean Gunn is probably going to show up in Thor 4 or something. Like, I was like, ah, well, you know what? I kind of like this. But I also like the way that they kind of explained why rats. Like, I actually love the idea that the rats are a metaphor for the Suicide Squad, which is people who no one cares about. But don't worry, even if no one cares about them and people actually probably hate them, they can still be useful. And I was like, oh. You know what? That's a good encapsulation of what the Suicide Squad is. Thank you. I didn't really feel, but thank you for the explanation. Good old James Gunn, giving us metaphors we didn't know we need. Mm -hmm, exactly. All right, next character. Uh, let's talk about Rick Flag. All right, I didn't care. Go for it. Yeah, it's interesting. You had him ranked a lot lower than me. I like Rick. I, 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 for me, I think the big thing for me, and maybe it's because I'm more invested in the DC universe. Oh. But and I know. But with how atrocious the original Suicide Squad oh, movie yes. was. With, yes. And how bad everything was about that movie, how bad the writing was. I actually really like that actor. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but I really do like that actor. And for him to get to come back and kind of, I think, do that character some justice and actually have some good lines, no nothing cringeworthy like last time. I really enjoyed the performance. And I thought it was a really good redemption story, like a meta redemption story for him. Yes. No, no. All of that is true. But at the end of the day, there are so many other characters that had a moment where I was like, yeah, that was funny. The fact that he was just the character, like he, he, he was just there. And so at the end of the day, I was like, ah, there's there's so many characters that had even just one moment where I was like, yeah, you know what? That was good. That by the time that I was done, I just kind of went, oh, yeah, he was here, wasn't he? Oh, Joel Kinnaman. There you go. Yeah, no, oh, I you. will admit, I really also do like Joel Kinnaman. Like, I yes. just kind of like him. Like, oh, I remember why my reason is. My reason is um, season one of Altered Carbon. Like, that's where my touchstone is for him because I actually really did like that first season. And then I went... Yeah, but it's Netflix, so I'm not going to get comfortable and think that the second season is going to be good. And then, well, I was right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never actually watched season one of Altered Carbon for that exact reason because I heard season two wasn't very good, and apparently it changes a bunch of stuff. So I don't know. It wasn't 
I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it. For me, it's actually the killing. That's where I know him from, and like, mm. and, and so I will say this: you can probably watch season one and then just stop. Like, that's what I'm very happy about. At least that so many shows will usually have like that last, like I guess, sequel bait. Yeah, another season bait. What, whatever. I'm gonna call it sequel bait. That little sequel bait that they kind of drop where it's like, but don't you want to come back for season two? And the good thing is that I felt like the sequel bait in season one of Ultra Carbon was weak where I was like, no, I don't want to come back. I'm fine. Thank you. Like (laughs) I enjoyed Altered Carbon as poor man's Blade Runner. So it feels like Altered Carbon is Blade Runner, but for idiots. And I was like, yeah, I can still do this. Yeah, I I, I like Blade Runner a lot. So that actually sounds good. Maybe I will add that to my list at some point. Just Mm -hmm. watch season one. Yeah, so uh, Rick Flag. Just at the end of the day, oh, I, we got to talk about how he fucking died. <laughs> like, oh I yeah, wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that was actually good. I like that. Like that actually. I mean, that was more I think to serve uh, John Cena's character, Peacemaker. But yeah, that was really good. That last little in, uh, encounter with them, and then you know, like obviously for somebody like Peacemaker, he's got. I mean, he's got very questionable morals. But mm-hmm. him stabbing someone like that, who's very pro USA and you know pro government and that sort of thing, probably was hard yeah. for him. And, it, it was a good little moment. I liked it. Nah, I really do think that's he's lawful evil, so he probably just had no problem with it. He's like, ah, I gotta do what I gotta do. Rip. <laughs> All right, so when it comes down to it, Rick Flag just kind of, I don't know. I don't think he did much for me. Superhero movies have broken me so hard that even watching him die, I was like, huh, is this like an actual death or, you know? <laughs> is this going to be canon? Like the DC universe really doesn't really care about canon. So are we going to see Rick Flag again? Yeah, like, it'd be funny if he just shows up in the next movie and he's like, hey, guys, what's up? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd love it if they even made it a meta moment where every character is kind of looking like, what are you doing here? He's like, I was just on another mission. What are you talking about? And then the movie just keeps going. <laughs> it could be funny. But no, nah, I think he is dead. Dead and done. I don't, I don't think he'll come back. I would love if the DC Universe just said, fuck canon, who cares? We're just going to have these characters come back, and it's like actual comics. I was like, okay, if you do something like that, I'm so in. Yeah, for, for Suicide Squad, it could definitely work. Like, the, the series is crazy enough that something like that could be funny. Never explain it, and even when they're, like, giving interviews, they're like, okay, why is Rick Flag back? They're like, it's comics. Like, that's it. They just don't, they just <laughs> leave it at that. It's like, oh, okay, uh, based. <laughs> no shit. Uh, next character. Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Uh, okay, Polka Dot Man for me. Uh, I just love the fact that he had such hard mommy issues. Just <laughs> also, the I scenes, love... The oh, scenes yeah. with his mother's face just implanted and everything had me rolling every time. Whenever they break the starfish's ankle and it's just his mom going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what was it? I love the idea that these little colorful polka dots that you've seen on Twister are just melting the flesh off of these people. Yeah, I, I didn't expect them to like the polka dots to be so violent and dare I say cool, but they managed to make it pretty neat. What was it? Whenever he's throwing up just all these lights onto the ground, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know what the fuck this is, but that's so dumb and stupid and random. I love it. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, he's fun. Uh, God bless his soul. Rest in peace. He dies. Very sadly, actually. Then <laughs> just gets fucking stomped by Starro. But he got his redemption moment, so. I love that he gets his redemption and then dies immediately after. I was like, yeah, that's that's probably a good place to end the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, he wanted to die from the beginning of the movie, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Next character. Uh, well, let's talk about the two we didn't have on each other's list. Star, uh, Starro the Destroyer and Milton. Let's, let's, let's combine them. Mm-mm. All right. So, Milton. 
I I was losing my fucking mind when he ran into the building with them because like why the fuck is Milton here? You could have just yeah. left him in the car. He could have been he could have kept the engine running. And so the fact that even the move like I really thought that it was an oversight for a second. Like I really yeah. thought I was like why is Milton here? Whatever. They're probably <laughs> just gonna forget about him. Like this was this has to be something like an editing error. Why is he here? <laughs> and then seeing him get utterly fucking blasted <laughs> and then polka dot man's just like milton's dead <laughs> and then you have this little beat of like wait who's milton <laughs> he was with us he was drinking with us at the bar and they're like mm, nah i think we would have noticed if he was there <laughs> like that shit is just so funny because then it makes that scene even fun here because like you have milton running in with you did no one question who this bald hispanic man was yeah milton god rest his soul milton but he uh i, I mean yeah i don't know what else to say it's funny i didn't even think that much of his character i, I wasn't even sharp enough to notice when he ran in with them but then when they played off that whole gag i was like oh yeah he was there wasn't he <laughs> no dude milton was someone that once i picked up i was like oh my god i know who this person is i think i have family members that are milton yeah, I it's always I, a Milton. Like, actually, I think I actually have a cousin or an uncle named Milton. Like, Sh- I, shout out to Milton. No, I don't, I don't really know him that much, dude. Oh, okay. it, dude, my family is something like whenever we have large family functions, I'm always meeting someone who's like, "Oh, I remember when you were this big," and it's like, I don't remember who you are. Who are you? Thank you for giving me a shitty cologne from CVS that you probably forgot to pick up a gift for me, so you went into a Walgreens and gave a twelve year old cologne. Thanks. That's probably not even actually Milton. That's probably someone else in my family, but whatever. Um, so yeah, seeing Milton, I was like, oh man, this is actually really good. Thank you for giving me the context for this. Uh, great stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Milton's good shit. Good uh, shit. God bless his soul. Rest in peace. Next character. Oh uh, yeah, so Star of the Destroyer. Yeah, I don't really have anything here. He he's a fucking star. Um, he he's stabbed in the eye by the by the javelin. Ah. <laughs> That's it, eh? I like Star yeah. a lot more, but I also have background with him from the comics. Ah, that's why. And I thought it was such a cool, just such a fucking random pull that you're gonna go and grab Star the fucking destroyer. And it's such a perfect fit for the Suicide Squad. And I don't know, I thought it was actually just it's so sad at the end when he's basically dead and he's just like, I was fine amongst the stars. Like he didn't want to go there, you fucking assholes. Like he was just chilling in space and you brought him down here and experimenting on him. It's sad. I don't know. To be I, fair, it, it got me. It makes me laugh when I think about it. He's like, I didn't want to do any of this shit. And it's just like, well, too fucking bad. You're doing it now. Like, I actually really think that's fucking funny. Like, just the Suicide Squad fighting someone who wasn't even supposed to be here. Like, like he got lost and got kidnapped. That's just too funny to me. Also, I love the fact that he wraps over people's heads and they're just murdering these people and they like they establish this like oh yeah they're still alive underneath it and the suicide squad's like whatever who the fuck cares oh speaking of all of this i think the movie would have had a better ending if the suicide squad actually left and didn't fight sorrow oh yeah i just left eh oh that would have been so fucking funny to me you do miss out the scene of amanda waller you know getting knocked out with a golf club (laughs) but i think this movie would have been so fucking funny if you just had the suicide squad like oh my god there's the big loud battle that we need to have to end the movie and amanda waller's like no, you guys, I'm not paying you for this shit. Leave. I will blow up your heads. And the Suicide Squad goes, yeah, you know what? I don't think it's worth it. And they just leave and then you hear a music sting and the rest of the ending movie plays out. Like that Yeah, I mean, that would have been funny. 
That would have been funny for sure. Oh, they just the, done like that. like Starro is destroying this entire fucking land, and he's probably going to invade the rest of the country and then the world. So if they just left, and then the Suicide Squad just like not our problem like that sounds so fucking funny to me well it's funny you mentioned that because i actually did think they were going to leave at first so what i thought was going to happen was they would leave and then you just like like amanda would be like debriefing them or something or yelling at them or doing whatever and there'd be like a tv on in the background of starro just destroying the fucking city and then Mm -hmm. maybe like superman or something flying in from the and you could see like them trying to fight like some actual heroes so i thought that could be kind of funny but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really do think at the end of the day that that ending felt like just it felt like superhero mandated that you need to have the third act to have this big blah, 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 right. So I kind of was like, that's probably why I didn't even include Starro here. Starro with that third act feels like he becomes, well, we got to have a big CGI fuckfest, I guess. And ah, that that's kind of it. Like I think he probably made the movie something worse than what I wanted because just the idea of look, look the idea of the U.S. Army going into a place, fucking it up, and trying to give it freedom, and then leaving it, and then making it worse, sounds so funny to me. To then put that in a superhero movie where the Suicide Squad comes in, they do their mission, and they made shit worse because now Star is running, and they're like. Not our problem. And just leave. That's, oh my god. That would have been comedic gold for me. And I'm kind of sad the movie didn't have that. I think that's probably the only negative I have about this movie. Yeah, that's fair. It would have been funny. Mm-hmm. All right, next character. Uh, Harley Quinn. Let's talk about Harley Quinn. Oh, but that's, you know, the funny thing is that I have Harley Quinn. That's where I wanted to lead to after Sorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn is fun. I love the fact that she just got into a romance in the middle of the movie and then murdered him. Like, <laughs> I love that Seems she's great. just such a toxic girlfriend and it's so fun to watch. She's like, oh, I knew we weren't going to get into this. It's all probably the worst. It's probably better if you're just dead. And, oh, it's gold. Yeah, no, she's great. I, I understand why people don't like that character, but I, I think that's her doing Harley Quinn well. Harley, no one's supposed to like Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's annoying as fuck. Like, that's just who Harley Quinn is. That's She's a I lot like of, her. I, I mean, I like her too, but I like her in that, you know, annoying little fucking sister way. She's although like she's great in this movie. I love how she's always carrying the javelin around throughout the entire movie trying to figure out what the fuck to do with it. That's the best part about this movie, though. She's not like she's obviously the star of this movie, like in terms of star power and mm. who's been in these movies before. But she's not in it as much. She doesn't need to be. She shares the cast with everyone else. And it's done really well, in my opinion. You know, I wonder, does she have top billing? Nope, I can't even see the poster. Uh, I okay, you know what? I do not see her front and center. So, yeah, I guess like tech. Oh wait, wait, no, hold on. No, I, no, I'm not about to do it. If you check the credits, if she is like one of the first two or three names, I'll consider that top billing. But I don't want to go through that process. Well, the the credits are actually in order of appearance, I believe. So it won't be no, but I mean, like you know how they do like the credits where well before the rolling credits, like whenever they're like. Directed by by James Gunn, produced by Blah. Right, 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 like, right. Like if Harley Quinn, not Harley Quinn. If Margot Robbie's in like the first three names that pops up in with that, then I'll consider her top billing. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, next character because I see the time now and I'm like I feel it. I feel the time coming. A <laughs> uh, thinker, the thinker, the thinker. Oh, who cares? Like I, whatever. He's here. Like I, yeah. that is. I have nothing else to add. I'm glad that the time constraint is here because I have nothing to add about. Yeah, him. it's it's too bad. I love Peter Capaldi, but the, he was just okay for me. I mean, he was good. He, he didn't do anything bad, but yeah, his just his whole character was nothing special to me. He feels like the the emotional moments where it's like 
well, we I guess we gotta have a villain. Like it feels very sad to me that the Suicide Squad feels so much like, yeah, we're just gonna be weird, and then it still feels like, yeah, but you still gotta ha- be a superhero movie, and it's like, oh, fine. I guess we gotta have the tenets here. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, next character. I think the last one is Peacemaker. Oh yeah, Peacemaker. Uh, should have stayed dead. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I, and I know they have to do their HBO spinoff show. I, I mean, I, I don't know why? why. Like, that's what's confusing to me. I don't think he's bad in this movie. I, I think yeah. he's fun. But I just... He services the character. I don't understand why he needs a spinoff show. I don't yeah. get it, honestly. Like, he was good. He was a great foil for Bloodsport. The two of them really bounced off of each other. John Cena really has good comedic timing. He served his purpose. I don't yeah. think I need more of him. Like, if anything, I think we probably need more of Rick Flagg than Peacemaker. I completely agree. So like, I, don't, I don't understand him. Sorry. Like, Pe- no, no, you're good. Peacemaker feels like the actual villain that we should have gotten in the movie. But then, like, the movie also goes, yeah, but we got to have the CGI fuckfest third act. And we got to have the villain who causes the CGI fuckfest. Okay, here's Starro and here's Thinker. But Peacemaker's the actual villain of the movie. Like, oh, he's he is. the actual villain. And that's what makes him good. So whenever he dies, you're like, yeah, that feels satisfying. Yeah, but, it was it was it was such an obvious death to me. Like I didn't. That's what I honestly thought he was dead. Yeah, and that they were going to do like as I knew the HBO series existed, so I thought it was going to be like a prequel or something, like showing kind of like his stuff before. So I don't know why you just didn't do that if you wanted to do more with more with him and keep him dead. Like it served his character. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, hey, John Cena's hot. I guess I don't know. Fucking add him to a show. Like I don't know. I'm just gonna look at that show so cynically because. That post credit scene kind of just, it literally just feels like that. It just feels like, no, no, but don't worry. The show's going to be after the movie. It's like, oh, please. DC, haven't you learned at this point that continuity is your Achilles heel? Like, you've got Joker. You've got the Suicide Squad. You've got two movies that are out of content. Well, yeah, sure, fine. I guess Suicide Squad happened, but we're going to pretend like it doesn't just as much as this movie pretends it doesn't happen. <laughs> like you've done yeah, they really movies. do. Yeah, this these two movies feel like they're out of continuity at this point. Hell, even Harley Quinn's movie feels a little bit like you can watch that out of continuity. So DC, just please stop doing continuity. Just use these characters and revolve them in stories that directors want to tell. Done. Go. Go on ahead. Take that. Pl- take the idea. Go ahead. Go. Run. I'm with you. All right. I think that's the Suicide Squad. Are there any scenes that we missed? I don't think so. We talked. We we pretty much touched on everything. I think. And if we didn't, then I mean. Well, I guess the dancing was pretty funny. The dancing scene where all they get drunk and and he sees his mother. But we talked about the mother bits. So, yeah, that's it. Hold on. The bar scene is actually the right moment of emotion because it allows you to get closer to the characters. That's what I'll say. Okay. uh, The Harley Quinn breakout scene is great. I just love the flowers. The flowers to me feel so much like the MPA went, uh, hey, um, you were going to get an NC-17 you need to do something. And he's like, I'm just going to add flowers to this. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> Which I find hilarious because this was only 14A in Canada. It didn't even get the 18AR rating. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh God, the violence in this movie is just so good. I was, Oh, cackling. it's good. It's very good. It's very violent at times, but it's always done in a good way. Let's put it that way. All right. You know, I think I'm good with the Suicide Squad. That was enjoyable. I enjoyed a whole bunch of the characters. Um, Yeah, I I don't think I ever need to watch it again, though. But that doesn't mean it's bad. All right. So from here, I got the next movie, I guess. Or how are we doing this? Because like Suicide Squad, that was on both our list. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, I actually don't have any. I don't have any other movies. Mine are all games left. So got it. All right. I'm going to start rolling through Uh, License to Kill. 
this is the first time I've ever wrote myself a note because really these Bond <laughs> movies are all blending together. And I had to remind myself, why did I leave myself a note that just says opening? And then I reminded myself, License to Kill was actually a really good movie. License to Kill has probably been my favorite Bond movie probably thus far that I've watched because it is just so unabashedly 80s. It opens up with Bond and Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter is going to go get married. And then at some point, they're like, hey, we have a drug kingpin who is somewhere in Miami. Can you guys go and take care of him? And Felix Leiter's like, well, I was about to go get married. Or I can do my job. And then both him and Bond go, all right, we're in our tuxedos. Let's go stop this. And there's just a crazy action scene where they're in helicopters. They're chasing cars. All the action is done so well. But I think what really cinches it for me is that at the end of it, they still need to get to the wedding. So they jump out of a fucking plane, still wearing suits with parachutes, and land directly at the wedding. And I was like, that is the most James Bond shit ever. That is... Did you ever play, like, the mid-2000s games that Bond had? Like, I think one of them was... Um, Nightfall? Nothing. No, no, no. All or Nothing. Uh, the game? Yes. No, I don't know if I played that one. I remember Nightfall very vividly for the GameCube. That's one that definitely sticks in my mind, but I don't know if I played All or Nothing. Okay, now, let me see if Nightfall... Okay, so the reason I bring it up is that I remember specifically that one of the James Bond games that I played, and I think it was All or Nothing, the reason that I bring it up is that they had a mechanic called the 007 thing, where basically you had different things that you can do in the game that would give you extra points if you did something that obviously James Bond would do. And the one that I always remember is that there was a mission where you were getting into a hotel. And if you sneak in through a certain window, there's a woman who's a, like, I guess, waiting to get massaged. And she has no idea. It's, you know, you know, you're not the person that's supposed to massage her. So she's like, oh, yes, Franz, can you hand me the lotion? And you're James Bond, obviously, right? Like you're going to massage her. So you grab the lotion and you start massaging. She's like, oh, Hans, your hands are better than usual, huh? <laughs> and then after that, you get a little badge going, that was a 007 moment. So like in my head, there are certain things that is a 007 moment. Yeah. And that felt like the most 007 moment that I think I've seen so far that James Bond on the way to a wedding has to stop a drug kingpin and then afterwards parachutes into the wedding without missing a beat. And I was like, that is the most 007 shit ever. I love this. This is already winning me over. And afterwards, like, they, they kill Felix Leiter. Like, they, like, do they kill him? No, 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 they bring him back. I forgot about that. But either way, they basically make it look like they kill him. They get him eaten by sharks. And I was like, oh, my. By the way, that's another trope at this point. Bond movies just always love sharks. And it's always, as I see a shark at this point, I just like, ah, there's another one. There's another one. So they get him eaten. They, from reading the, reading the Wikipedia, I thought they only murdered Felix Leiter's wife. Uh, here it says, and by implication, raped. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. Uh, all right. But I was shocked by this movie being so 80s and it's just so much fun. Uh, oh, I forgot that Benicio La Toro is here as well. Like as a fucking like 20 year old. That was really weird to see. Timothy Dalton is still just such a good bond. Uh, I remember 
very little of the movie after like the first half. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Just all blending together still sometimes, oh, eh? Oh, it still really is. But like the beginning, the whole thing that it's so 80s and it's Bond taking on the Colombians with their cocaine. I was like, oh my God, this is just so good. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. The ending. The ending. Bond is given a lighter from Felix Lighter, which now that I realize, wow, that's okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm, uh, whatever. Okay. He's given a lighter and he kills the Bond villain using the lighter that Felix Lighter gave him. I was like, ah, got ah, him, got him. Satisfying. So, yeah, I was so positive on License to Kill. Do you remember any of this or no? No, none of it. I really do <laughs> okay. need to. Re- I really do need to rewatch these movies. Some <laughs> yeah, License to Kill is one to watch. Like this is one that has me so excited whenever I think about it. Now that I remember it. Yeah, when, when when you're completely done, I might have you make me a list of like five that I should go back and rewatch because I okay. don't remember shit. I can do that. Uh, after this, I watched GoldenEye. I watched half of it, and I'm not going to go watch the other half. GoldenEye is good, but I watched this recently. This was like December or November of last year that I watched it. So I put it on, and you know, all I really need was uh, you have Famke Janssen. Famke Janssen. Fam- you want Xenia on the top, okay? There we go, perfect. Xenia's uh, on top. Uh, you have her being someone that murders people with her thighs while orgasming as she does it. I don't think it gets more Bond than that. This that's is, a 007 point. Yep, that's, that's a 007 point to not only kill her and defeat her, but to beat her at her own fucking game. Uh, oh, God, that was a pun. Her own fucking game. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bond just destroying her where he thrusts against her as she's screaming and orgasming, I think might be peak Bond. I really do think that that's just... If you ever wanted to show someone, like, what is the most Bond thing ever, it would probably be the opening scene of License to Kill, or it would be the scene where Bond is fighting Xenia Onatov, and they're basically fight, they're fight sexing. Like, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Bond wins and then points a gun at her and goes, mm-mm-mm, no more foreplay anymore. And I was like, Ah, <laughs> so good. Which, by the way, I think Pierce Brosnan so far, I think, is the best of one-liners. Like, he doesn't have the best one-liners. He is the best at presenting them. He's he very just, good. Oh, he has the best one-liner delivery because he's always doing it with kind of like this sly smile of like, <laughs> you know, this is what you're here for. You know, this is why you come to these movies. So, yeah. Um, and, and Sean Bean dies. Of course, as expected, as was written in the two. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> so, yeah, GoldenEye still positive, even if I felt like I didn't need to watch it again, because, you know, it, it, I watched it too recently. Uh, the game is great uh, when you're playing with friends. If you play alone, it's suicide. Yep. All right. Anything to add or moving on? Uh, GoldenEye is good shit. I actually do remember most of that one. I mean, it's a more recent one. I think it was probably the first one I saw as a kid because I played the game so much. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good shit. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, after this, I just really have Mad Men Season 4. So, uh, Mad Men Season 4, uh, so far, I like that it feels like it has a faster pace. Once again, I think this far in, I don't think I'm really going to love Mad Men. I do think that if Mad Men faltered in anything other than the pacing, because I really do think that Mad Men's slow pacing is like, oh, man, really nothing's happening. But uh, I, I still like it because everything else is so on point that I can forgive the pacing. Like it's deliberate though, at least. So I'm okay with it. Uh, but we finally got to the point where 
uh, there is a a large job change, and uh, I, I'm liking it. I'm feeling it. I think at some point, maybe even tomorrow or even today, because I don't think I'm not doing anything today, probably just sit down and watch more episodes. But there might be a game later on that might derail me from that. Anything specific about season four or, or moving on? No, not really anything specific on season four. I, I think the show is pretty excellent and consistent in every season. Uh, I, I am very interested, though. You're starting to get further in it. So I think when you get to the ending, I'll be fascinated to hear your feelings and thoughts. Wonderful. Okay, then moving on. That That is that is movies and TV. Wonderful. Now, uh, can we do the next part in 30 minutes? Doubt it. Doubt it. You're, you're taking the lead from games. I actually don't have much left, so who knows? Uh, I mean, all I've got left are uh, Halo and Hades. So did you want to start talking about Halo now? Yeah, I'll start with Halo 3 since Halo 3 precedes ODST. So For sure. And I, and just, just as, a, as a forewarning here, I'm not going to talk too much about ODST and Reach because you're going to be playing them next. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of want to jump into some spoilers, but so I'm going to wait until you're done. I'll kind of give general insights on them and talk more about them once you finish them since I think you're going into those games next or soon. So Correct. All right. So yeah. uh, Halo 3. Uh, Halo 3 is very good. It is the first time that I think I understood what was going on in a Halo plot, which is good because I am deaf and do not understand what <laughs> language is in the middle of the shooting. So Halo 3 having actual cutscenes with words that I could understand and understanding that the villain is obviously a Saturday morning cartoon villain. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I'm feeling this. Uh, honestly, just... Marty O'Donnell carrying the fucking team where I think that if he weren't just on point as hard, I don't think I would have enjoyed Halo 3 as much. Gameplay still good. Grenade still good. I love it when the guns go bram, bram, bram. So (laughs) Halo 3 was very good until, look, I really misunderstood (laughs) the last two missions and it pissed me off. So playing the Cortana mission where you're just stuck inside the grave mine, I think, I don't remember anymore. Are you stuck inside? The... Whatever. Okay. It's a whole bunch of alien shit and it's taking over what looks like a building. And that mission is just really hard. Like, of course, I was playing on heroic. I know that you were over here, baby ass baby mode. So you probably didn't encounter all this. But oh my God, the flood just do not die. Once again, I don't think I understand how to play Halo. So I was probably using the wrong weapons. But really, what I did is that I spent probably like an hour redoing this entire portion where the little things like, they're these big bug things that just start shooting what looks like the lasers from the needler at you. And I spent like at least a good hour getting through that because I realized my weapons were not going to be effect. Like they were not going to work against these enemies. So I went every single time trying to grab this flamethrower and using that to kill them. And the flamethrower demolishes them. So I had to carry and walk slow and really time it until eventually I learned how to get through it. And that really killed a whole bunch of my pacing. And because of the fact that the flood are so hard in Cortana, the very next mission throws probably like 30 or 40 of the flood at you. And I thought, okay, if the last mission taught me the flood ain't nothing that you want to fuck with, I do not want to fuck with them here. I guess that this is a point that I just ignore the enemies and use cover and run up to the top. Uh, Not realizing that I do not understand why, but the flood in the final mission, just you can shoot them a couple of times and they're dead. And I didn't yeah. understand what it was. <laughs> it was it actually confused me. It's like, what did, did is there a damage buff here? Like, why is it that I can kill the flood so easily here? Because like I really went into that mission. Like, there are so many of them. I think the game is telling me I need to run through. I don't know if I misread signals or something, but 
man, that was miserable because I just kept running through and I kept dying. I was like, I don't understand what the, what you want me to do. And I feel so dumb that the game's like, well, you need to shoot him. And I was like, did, did I misread a signpost? Did, did I misread what you were telling me? I, I kind of thought that you wanted me to run through. So I want to hold it against Halo 3, but I also don't want to because, of course, shoot through. Of course. So, ah... Halo 3 still very good. Uh, it's probably still the best campaign that I like. I still understand what's going on. At the end of the day, Halo 2 is still my favorite one because the multiplayer is where my love is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I love Halo 3. It's a 9 out of 10 game for me. Funny enough, I actually played it on uh, co-op uh, with a friend, and uh, it was actually not bad. Like, we played on normal, so I don't know if that made it any easier. But that was the one part we did have trouble with there is uh, the Cortana stuff at the end. So yeah. that did get a little bit tricky even on normal. So that, What is it? I don't remember who it was. I think Herb had said that what halo one on heroic is like really hard and i don't even remember playing that game i know i did it i know i beat it like i remember doing the run and i just don't remember it being hard and i don't understand why but like this is the moment this is the moment i did halo 2 on heroic i did halo 1 on heroic i get to here and the first time where i'm like oh this is annoying is the last two missions of halo 3 i don't understand that's unfortunate but yeah halo 3 i I enjoy it It, it's a green man shoot out of 10 but not green man shootier out of 10 like halo 2 is (laughs) good stuff good stuff so yeah on my list then i have halo 3 odst and halo reach Um, i'll just kind of talk in general about them a little bit and we'll get more Mm. into them when ed ends up playing them which should be Mm. soon Yes. But yeah, uh, ODST, I actually really, really liked ODST. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the music in ODST might be my favorite of any Halo game. Like, it's so good. It's so good. So much so that I've been adding songs from it to my uh, to my play- uh, playlist on Spotify. Hell so. yes. Really good. Um, this is actually, this was my first time playing ODST in Reach. Uh, I had played Halo 1, 2, and 3 before, uh, and then that was it. I kind of never played another Halo game, so this is my first time through the games. Uh, ODST just has a completely different vibe to it than most of the other Halo games, just kind of exploring the rainy streets at night, um, and then kind of getting some action uh, segments uh, interstitched in there. Uh, so it's a very different feeling Halo game. Uh, I really like what they did with it. They took some challenges, and I thought it was really cool. So I'll be interested to hear your thoughts, Ed, when you play it. I give it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was really great. Okay. Uh, so ODST, I was really about to start it, but, man, just that that ending to Halo 2 already tired me out. And then that's on top of the tire that I felt for Doom Eternal. So I was like, I don't think I can. I, I will not play a halo game outside of heroic if bungie has said that heroic is the way to play it i'm going to play it on heroic that feels like that's going to challenge you in the combat to make sure that you use all your tools so if bungie hadn't said that i wouldn't have done it but they did so now i have to listen so odst i was like oh man i'm not going to be master chief i know i'm just going to be one of the grunts so obviously if i'm just facing an elite that's going to probably be way more of a bitch to face so i told myself i'll wait I'll wait. Let me go fuck around <laughs> elsewhere, and then I'll come back. That's fair. Um, and then just moving on to Halo Reach quick. Um, Halo Reach is uh, the last of the Bungie games. Uh, this is an interesting one to play, actually. I think out of all the Halo games. So this definitely feels more like a Halo game than Reach in some, and then ODST in some respects, but less. Like, this is the first game that you start getting sprint and suit customizations <laughs> and things like that. And yeah, it just it feels weird. It feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Um, it's still a really good game. The story is really bang on. The music, of course, is incredible as always. I love how they tie the entire story around. But yeah, some of the stuff was just weird to me. Like, like, and the sprint does not feel good in this game. 
I'm sorry, but it doesn't. And now I've heard it's better in future Halo games. It's more, I don't know, natural. But in this game, it just always felt off to me, and I couldn't get used to it. It's so weird. Uh, Reach, once again, I've never touched it. Reach is probably in that same realm as Halo 4, which I know it exists, and I know nothing about it, except Halo 4 I don't respect, and Reach I do. That's fair. (laughs) I don't know why I... I am so ready to be mean to Halo 4 and 5. Are you going to play 4 and 5? I will play 4, yes, uh, because it is in the Master Chief Collection. Will I play 5 only if I do it with co-op? Because do I really want to go through the process of borrowing the streaming box Xbox off of my friend? Eh, Not really. Like (laughs) If for some reason he tells me I want to co-op this or anyone else tells me we're co-oping this, I wouldn't be shocked if I just skip it and then jump from 4 to infinite. But 4, at the end of the day, I don't expect infinite to really be anything. Like, campaign-wise, I'm probably going to play it. I'm like, yeah, this was good. I don't know what's going on. I hope the music's good. Like, that's probably what infinite's campaign to me is going to be. 4, on the other hand, I'm probably going to play in, like, yeah, this is wrong. Yeah. Four, I definitely, I'm, I'm playing four and five. I think the only thing I'm debating right now is whether I'm going to do five co-op or not just to get through it because I've heard it's complete shit. <laughs> so I probably will end up doing five co-op just to get through it because I don't know if I can otherwise. Uh, so yeah, I could imagine that if I really wanted to get through five, I could, but eh, that's the thing. I Part of me almost wishes I could rush through ODST and reach and then four to meet you for five. But like I said, I do not want to play those games on easy. Like, I really don't. Like, it's not like there's a story that I care about. Eh, It's weird. Halo is something that's like, I'm enjoying this in the time, but the story is nothing that, like, I even understand. Because once again, my brain just, I listen to it. I'm like, this is fun at the moment. And that's pretty much it. So the gameplay is really what's keeping me around for halo so if i play those on easy it would just defeat the purpose of why i'm even playing them no, that's fair mm-hmm. so yeah uh is that halo the o- odst is a deference of darkness out of 10 reach is a uh, survive out of 10 yeah odst was an 8 out of 10 reach was a 7.5 out of 10 for me and yeah i do have more i want to say on them but i'm gonna wait for you to play them because then we can kind of go deeper into them so fair enough all right let's go ahead and continue green man shooty doom eternal I beat it on Nightmare. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> da, 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 da. End the episode. <laughs> like, oh, Doom Eternal, it really fucking tested me. I don't know how I feel about this game. Do I respect it? Yes. Am I going to get it out of my collection? No, because it is a trophy now. This shit is going to stay in my collection because I need it to boot up whenever I need to show my save and be like, hey, you see how it says that it's Nightmare? I completed it. You fucking never question gaming skills again because this is my pass for like the next two or three years before my hands entropy and i'm done okay so doom eternal on nightmare fucking rip and tear how do i feel about this game i don't know man i have no fucking idea i really don't know how i feel about this game because i've ruined it for myself all i can respect (laughs) is that the gameplay loop was good enough that i played it on nightmare and it still worked for me so uh, i've I think, and and I could be completely wrong. You could, in in one month, you could be like, you know what, Dorian, fuck you, you were wrong, and maybe I will be. But I think, and give it a month or two, give it some space. You might not like the love the game. You might not even like it, but I think you will respect it more. No, that's I just my, do. That's just my opinion. No, no, I already respect it. Like at this point, I have not stopped to think about Doom Eternal after I beat it. After I beat it, my mind went just throw it out. You don't need this anymore. <laughs> Put it on the shelf because. Look, at this point, Doom Eternal 
okay, the reason that some games are on my shelf is that I still need other people to play them. And Doom Eternal is one that I can hand to other people and be like, yeah, this is worth playing. Ignore the fact that I lost my fucking mind playing it, right? Here you go. <laughs> but the good thing is, is that if I hand it to people and they're like, yeah, you know, it was kind of hard. And I'm going to be like, well, is it nightmare hard? Huh? Did you fight the Marauder on Nightmare? No, you pussy. No, you didn't. No, you fucking <laughs> didn't. Don't you tell me that this shit was hard, okay? I know hard. And it definitely wasn't what you were doing. Yeah, that's it, it's funny. Like, obviously, I did not <laughs> come yeah, anywhere close we know. to touching it on Nightmare. I played it on normal difficulty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I was proud of myself for playing it with normal difficulty without having to drop down to easy, honestly, because I thought mm-hmm. I was going to, because everyone was like, this game's such a bitch. But honestly, on normal, the game wasn't that hard. There was a couple moments that like really got me, like the final level when you're like getting to the boss, that bit was really difficult, um, even on normal. Um, but the Marauder was fine on normal. Like, I never had any issue with him. Like I said, the, the worst enemy for me in that game was that demon that buffed the other demons. He can go fuck himself. That buff uh, demon. That, that was the worst one for me. The fact that he actually spawns enemies, I was like, you fucker. You are screwing up the dance. And that's the problem. That's why I don't like the Marauder and I don't like the buffer. They ruined the dance. The dance is wonderful because they all the pieces there are set to do their move. So whenever you go in there, you need to learn all the pieces that are there. And the Marauder goes, yeah, but what if I bring in more pieces? Like, no, stop it. It's a (laughs) delicate dance. You can't just bring in a fucking flash mob here. You can't do that. But but Eddie's just steering you into the fun zone. Fuck the fun zone. The fun zone (laughs) is wherever the Marauder and the buff demon are. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I I'm a lot more positive on the game than you, but I understand. Wa- no, watching you st- wa- watching you stream the game was a joy, though. Let me say that. I realize that. Okay, okay. This is going to be a reference that you're not going to get for like maybe another couple of episodes in Evangelion, right? But there is a, look. This isn't spoilers. Whatever. It's just a tiny scene. There's a scene where Shinji is in the Evangelion training, and he's just like. Uh, aim and pull the trigger aim and pull the trigger and you just look at his eyes and she's completely empty that was what i turned into for the last mission of doom eternal like i was just a fucking machine that just needs to go in and rip and then tear that was it like i lost my ability to care i couldn't even get mad anymore i was just turning into the fucking joker laughing whenever i'd get close like that's where we were okay so doom eternal is something that i don't even know it's just a trial to me now I, do I respect it? Yeah. Did I like it early on? Yeah. Did I then completely ruin my ability to tell what I was doing by the end of it? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You got challenged. You finished the challenge, and now you don't know what you think. We've all been there. It's just going to be the trophy that sits there now. And yeah. thank you for playing it on easy, because that just that just widened the gap between us even harder now. Normal. Normal. No, no, I mean Tokyo Mirage Session. Oh, Tokyo Mirage Session. Oh, you were fuck. doing that at the exact same time I was doing Doom Eternal. I was just like, uh, but it, this is but it. It's, okay, but it's wild to me. And I'll talk about this in a minute with Hades. Mm. But like, I'm fucking, I'm actually doing pretty good in Hades and kind of cleaning through stuff pretty quick here. And I can't fucking beat this stupid JRPG on fucking easy mode? What the fuck? I don't know, man. Like, maybe that's just me being stupid with that genre, but that shit's just incredibly unbalanced to me. You see, I just remember playing Persona 5 properly. Uh, base Persona. Base Persona 5. I remember yeah. playing that properly, and I didn't realize anyone hated Okumura until Royal. And yeah. I had no <laughs> problem with Okumura. 
none because at that point the game already taught me what it did in persona 4 golden which is hey at this point you're gonna have to buff and debuff and use all that and i was like okay didn't, perfect i learned didn't they make it worse in uh, royal though no they made it better oh they did make it better i thought it was i heard it was worse in royal so okay no i heard it was better like they actually streamlined some of this stuff so yeah, oh, yeah. that's always gonna be something where i was like wait you guys have a problem with that what am i yeah I, I don't know i had a i had a big problem with that but i funny enough i actually did one thing i did hear about in on royal is playing it so i was on easy i just played fucking persona 5 royal on easy apparently on easy mode it was actually the hardest because you don't do enough damage so it the actual recommended strat is to move it to the hardest difficulty just for that fight to make it easy i don't know the whole thing's a fucking mess that's incredible yeah royal was the only time i figured that out because i had it on easy and that was because i was playing for my wife like persona 5 royal wasn't something i was going to play of my own volition at that point like i didn't miss persona 5 so yeah persona 5 royal was something that was miserable for me until the last act and then i woke up and i was like ah there we go that's what i like (laughs) that's fair that's the new stuff so dude it really is zero degrees to 90 degrees the moment that the final act drops like that's how my interest went Uh, at least you finally got (sighs) yeah thank god all right okay so yeah doom eternal uh i don't know man rip and tear out of 10 (laughs) it's an 8 out of 10 for me by the way the i don't know is part of the score I don't know, rip out of tear. Sorry, I don't know, rip and tear out of 10. That's the entire score. That's a, that's a fair score. I like it. All right, next game. Toss it to you. Uh, yeah, so this is my last game, Hades. Uh, so right, I, started playing Kate, I started playing Hades. Uh, I haven't played a ton yet, so base impressions. But uh, yeah, it's finally available on uh, Xbox. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Xbox has no games. I'm streaming it from my PC to my Xbox. Yeah, thank Sorry. you. Thank you. You're so Sorry. kind. Yeah, very, very foolish of me. But yes. It's available for streaming on Xbox and uh, on your PlayStation 5 Entertainment System and 4. Oh, oh yes. Uh, X, uh, the PS5 has games, yes. Yes, thanks, Jim Ryan. Uh, but yeah, so it's really, it's a lot of fun, honestly. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have a problem. I, I have a big problem with video games. And I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> but some games just feel indie and cheap to me. And I, I wish I, it didn't. I can't, I, I can't. I can't listen to the shit. Go for it. I, I'm sorry. I oh wish God. it didn't i really do but hades just feels that way to me and i like it it's fun i'm not i'm not trying to shit on the game it's a lot of fun it's a blast i've already beaten the second boss i'm in the third biome now or third area or whatever you want to call it uh the art direction is really stylish uh it's cool the music's fun but it just it just doesn't hit the same way returnal did for me and i think part of that is just that it feels cheaper to play and i hate it i hate that i feel that way i i I don't like it but it's just the way i feel but it's a fun game so far uh the upgrade like i one thing i really do appreciate about it unlike returnal um is that every time you die runs not for naught like you gain a lot of progress and then becomes easier the next time because you're gaining this progress so it's definitely an easier game in my opinion like i said i've i've, I've only done like five or six runs and i've already made it to the third boss although they kicked my ass the first time i tried there so indies feel more true to video game roots than almost any triple a game <laughs> i'm not saying you're wrong i'm not saying you're wrong it just it's my it's it's not you it's me that that's what i say to indie games i said i'm about to be a boomer right now (laughs) video games can be fun and indie games understand that more is it fun for me to walk slowly to dialogue no is it fun to continuously kill something and jump and run and wall run and play old school metroidvania games with a nice coat of painting on top yes it is (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. Hollow Knight. Ah, fuck, I should play Hollow Knight. Ah, no, no, stop, stop, stop. If I play Hollow Knight, I'm completely derailed. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so it's fun, though. I, I mean, I actually really think this is a game you'll enjoy whenever you do end up getting to it. I'm assuming you're going to get to it at some point. Yes. Um, I do think it's something you will enjoy. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, like the, the, the combat in it is great. Experimenting with the different weapons is cool. I've already found one weapon I really like, so I don't know. I should probably experiment with some other ones, but I really like this weapon, so it's tough for me to go off it now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. There, it's cool mood. It's cool atmosphere. The biggest thing I've heard is that you have to basically beat the game, like I think it's like 10 times in order to get the true ending. I don't know if yeah. I like it that much to do that, going to be honest. But I will definitely do at least one clear and then see how I keep playing and maybe play a little bit after that. So it's fun. I'm not chasing a, a true ending unless there's more content on the way there that's substantial. Like I'm thinking Did of... you do the Returnal true ending or no? I forget. Oh, hell no. No. Hell no. <laughs> Dude, I was so tired with Biome 5 that had Biome 5 not omitted something and I didn't even realize yeah. I accidentally okay. went to Biome 6, I would have probably just been like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then that probably would have been my Doom Eternal where I had to prove my gamer skills because people would have been like, ah, you're a pussy, you're a pussy. And I would have been like, oh, fuck you guys. Now I have to do this shit. And then that <laughs> would have probably absolved me from doing Doom Eternal. It's weird to see how the universe could have splintered off in different directions. I think the I think the theme is the universe will fuck you. It just sometimes takes longer. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Jesus. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm never doing the true ending to Returnal. I enjoyed the gameplay. If it's the exact same gameplay to get to the true ending, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and the thing about the Returnal and true ending, and I'll give them credit for, is you really only need to beat the game one more time after that. So, and, and I mean, and whether you know you want to or not, that's fair. But it is only one more time with Hades, and you had to beat it ten times. Now, granted, I think the fourth biome is the last biome, so I'm already on the second to last biome. So I, I don't think it's a very long game. So at least it's quicker to get through and get those clears. But still, 10 seems like a bit of a grind to me. And that's not sure I'm something I want to do. Plus, I have heard like every like if you start going through and like the first boss, for instance, after you beat her enough times, new variations appear that you're harder. So the game does get harder as you go. And I don't know if I want to keep grinding that out over 10 temps. Yeah, at least when it comes to Hades, I've heard that it handles its roguelikeness a little bit better than it does. Eternal, for because sure. it kind of has like you could probably finish a run in like 30 minutes to an hour. So if you really did want to, you can sit down and be like, all right, I'm gonna beat Hades. Ah, I beat Hades. Okay, cool. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. So like, I've heard that at least it's a little bit better than that. It's not Returnal where like Returnal is like, all right, I'm gonna play, uh, cancel my schedules for like the entire week. I need to be <laughs> sure to get through this biome. Like, it's true. <laughs> Returnal didn't make it easy for you. So Hades, I might, We'll see how much I like it, because I'm not playing it until I do Bastion, which, of course, actually won't you know, Transistor, and then pretty much their entire library, except probably Pyre, which, like, I'm sorry, Pyre, something about it, you know, trying to seem like Space Jam 2, you know, the true cinematic masterpiece, you know, I don't want the Diet Coke Space Jam 2, I want the Coke that is Space Jam 2. I don't know. There's something about just Pyre that doesn't really speak to me. I'm probably going to do that. Honestly, I if I hadn't started Spirit Fair, I think Bastion would have been the choice that I went for. Bastion's good. Uh, Supergiant's been... I, I think I've only ever... What else have they played? I think I've only ever played Bastion. They made Transistor too, right? Correct. Yeah, I wanted to try Transistor. I never did. Bastion I have played, and I really enjoyed that. Pyre I've never played. Shane. Shout out to Shane. He keeps saying to fucking play that shit, so maybe I will one day. I mean, the but, good thing is he's not listening to this, so he won't hear me say anything about Pyre. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I won't. I won't Randall. Don't worry. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then obviously you want Jason Schreier. Me? Yeah, <laughs> Jason Schreier. And then obviously, uh, and Hades. 
yeah, I haven't played a ton of their games, but th- this is fun. This is a lot of fun. All right, uh, Hades, I'm going to give it a indie games are fucking great out of 10. <laughs> I'm going to give it a it's not you, it's me out of 10. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm I'm basically handling it from here, right? Yeah, I'm done. All right, okay. Spirit Fair. I played Spirit Fair for an hour after I yo-hoed it on Switch. I realized that this was what I needed, so I finally deleted it and then opened my PS4 copy that I had. Spirit Fair is shockingly hitting the right tone that I needed. Of course, the Green Men uh, have have destroyed me. They they've ruined me. My hands don't really handle the way that they used to anymore because. Uh, both both Green Man from Mars and Green Man from a spacer colony have just pushed me to my brink where I don't think I need something that's going to push me gameplay-wise. Enter Spirit Fair. Spirit Fair is just this little quiet, charming video game where it feels like it's supposed to be a develop simulator, I guess, and you're supposed to help these animals crossover into their death like you're just making people in their final moments of life comfortable before they fucking die and i think i could use that right now i like the idea that this is just going to be a chill experience nothing about it feels stressful like i'm pretty sure even the management parts like it's going to be fine it's going to be like hey look there's a deer spirit here do you want to hand him an apple does he like apples? I don't know. Hannibal pineapple. Pineapples fucking love deer. So uh, here, pineapple, here you are. You're going to be eaten by the deer. We're all happy now. Like, it just feels like so chill that I think I'm probably going to stick with it. I already went and installed it on my PS5. I already installed it on the other two PS4s. So wherever I am, wherever I feel like I'm comfortable playing it, I'll be able to play it. So this might be something that I put on while I'm in bed just because my wife misses me whenever I go into the theater room, which, uh, to be fair, uh, so for the fourth Evangelion rebuild, that one dropped. It was supposed to drop at midnight thursday right well midnight thursday going into friday uh the problem is that like they dropped it at 11 p.m thursday and i looked at my wife i was like oh my god this is actually the movie's long but if i start it right now i won't fuck myself over too badly tomorrow i will fuck myself (laughs) over but like not too much and she's looking at me like no no please don't go please don't go and i'm like "I, i think i'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go. I, I can't let the curiosity stop. I need to see if the rebuilds were worth it. And she's just looking at me like, no. No, no, he's going in the theater room. Thanks, Bezos. He's going in the theater room again. Which is what led me to my next video game choice after. But like, so Spirit Fair feels like a good game that I'm pretty sure my wife will enjoy because it means I can play it anywhere and it doesn't really require the movie theater room. Fantastic. Anything about Spirit Fair speaking to you? Any questions? No, Poot's shout out to Poot. Poot's been talking about it a lot. Um, and I, I did look into it. I mean, you just heard what I said about indie games. Yeah. Take that tenfold for this game. That's how it looks to me. So I don't know. Maybe if it's one day free on uh, Game Pass or something like that, I'll give it a look. But I don't like management, Sam, uh, independent. Uh, you're striking a lot of wrong chords with me. So that's probably a no. But it seems cozy. Seems good for you right now. So that's good. Spirit Fair, I'm glad. I It's okay let's just go into score so we can wrap this up uh spirit fair i'm going to give it a this is all probably really sad but like it's also really chill about it out of 10 and i'm gonna give it the second it's not you it's me out of 10 mm, all right so after this this is where we can get your you're just ooh, i can get your anger 
I finally started a way out, and this was a reaction—a <laughs> Josef Fares joint, you know. <laughs> and by the way, I just kept reading it like that. Anytime it popped up as like a Josef Fares game written and directed by Josef Fares, I just have it fun saying. Does it. he do the fucking Kojima thing where his name's all over it? No, I mean that's okay. the thing. You just had the opening credits. And okay. It was like Hazelight Studio presents a Josef Fares game. Like I'm never gonna say his name properly. I just like saying it like that. But it does end with apparently him having written and directed this. And yeah, you can definitely tell he's not a native English speaker. And honestly, considering that you like Life is Strange, you'd probably find this charming too. Like it's so, this is another thing of the Americans exporting something and a foreigner going, ah, yes, I understand this. Now I will send it back. Like Josef Fares was sent a copy of the Shawshank Redemption and was like, oh, wow, this is what American prisons are like. I'm going to make a video game about this. Like it's so Shawshank Redemption. Like the, even the warden is just a rip of Shawshank Redemption. But honestly, I don't give a shit about the story. I really don't. That's what I think I'm starting to realize what this game is supposed to be. This game is supposed to be a thing for you and whoever you're playing with to be an event. And I'm not going to lie. So, of course, this was a reaction to me watching Evangelion 4 where I just kind of realized, yeah, I kind of need to be around my wife. But do I want to watch Mad Men? No. Do we want to play Overcooked? Like, I bought the PS5 copy for Overcooked 1 and 2 on PS5. Am I going to go buy a second PS5 controller? No. Am I going to finally finish up the last few missions that we have in Overcooked on PS4? No. Fuck it, a way out. And I went and I grabbed her controller that I bought for her like three or four years ago. Like it was the mint green. No, no, the forest alpine green, whatever. It was a green PS4 controller. It was very pretty. And I was like, she's going to like this. So I got her that help because i bought the death stranding ps4 as well i wanted that console just because it looks so pretty so i left it at her house i was like here you go you have a ps4 now it's still mine but like this is yours now and i also got her the green controller so i was like ah this looks perfect right this is aesthetics so pretty much a way out we're like an hour no not even an hour we're like 30 minutes and this game just really feels like it's going to be stupid shit that we'll be referencing for years to come like at some point, my character is about to get stabbed by someone, and she doesn't understand what the right stick is. So I'm like, God, I'm about to get stabbed. Oh, my God. I'm tapping square. Can you come save me? And she's just like, where am I going? And I'm like, God, oh, my God. I'm about to get stabbed. And she's like, oh, okay. And then the funny thing is that since it's in split screen, you can see their screen, but you can also still see your screen. So it's right. hilarious that in the camera angle that I have where the person's about to stab me, I see her character wander in, and she's, like, bumping into him. And she's like, what do I do? I'm like, God, it says to press square. And so she's like, you see on my screen a very dramatic angle of my character about to get stabbed and you just see her character kind of like humping the other character I'm like no oh my god please <laughs> so <laughs> like what was it i think there's another spot too where we have to like she has to sneak people around to different directions so i can move around and i'm not gonna lie seeing my character just kind of like jankly move around in circles while she's trying to help me was funny and the funny part is that earlier in the game there is a section of quick time events where she failed for once right like she missed one button and it restarted us to do the entire sequence she's like no and so i'm over here fucking around and moving in circles she's like no please oh my god edwin stop stop oh my god please please i can't fail and do this again and i was like okay fine i'll, I'll stop <laughs> so like I, I don't really know what's going on 
at all. I think these two characters are talking. I don't know. The story is me and my wife. That's what it is to me. A Way Out isn't really about the game itself. It's about you being with another person and bonding with stupid events. Fun. You, you, you just, just how much are you? So okay, let me okay, let, let me let me Go, give everyone a background here. Go for uh, it. J- j- just sure. I hate Joseph Faz. No, I don't Yosef like the Faris. guy. Joseph Faris. I do not like the guy. I think he's arrogant. I I just I don't know why. I, I well, I, I mean, I do know why. I I don't like that he got on the middle of the video game awards and said fuck the Oscars. Look, Oscars, I hate though. the Oscars. I don't like the Oscars. I think they're garbage. I agree with them. Fuck the Oscars. But don't do something like that at a live event to make yourself get attention to try share on another fucking industry to make yours look better. I think it's bush league, and I hate it. I hate it. So ever since that moment, I have not liked that man. I have no interest in ever playing that game. I have no interest in playing uh, It Takes Two or any of his shit. And the issue I have, too, is I don't like co-op games to begin with. So you take that into the mix. The the fact that he only makes co-op games, I have zero interest. You could still play Brothers, though. I know Brothers is a single-player game. The problem is he made it. Well, you want to know something? Brothers is one of the games that if you played Brothers on anything other than a controller, it would actually lose its impact. That's cool. I mean, the only way I'm going to play Brothers at this point is going to be on some stupid Discord bet. So you start thinking of one. If you can come up with something, then then we'll do it. But that's literally the only way I'm going to play that game because I can't stand the man. You see, now here's the thing. I love him because I just – look, the video game industry is just so ridiculously secretive. Like if you're in the movie industry, they'll be like, yeah, we have a movie. It's coming out in like two to to three years, and it just always hits. Like that's it. Like that's how it always is. Video games are like – yeah, uh, there were rumors of this video game, and we have no idea whatever happened to it. And so anytime that, what is it? The video games are like, ah, well, you know, here's this video game. Here's one trailer, and then we're going to tell you nothing else, all right? I guess you know the publisher. That's it. The video game industry is just so secretive that the fact that we have one person who I can be like, oh, that's a person. I'm always glad for that. And to be fair, honestly, fuck the Oscars. Also, I love that Jeff Keighley was just so uncomfortable. Like that <laughs> it's was the best part still, of it. It reminds, so it, it reminds me of the fucking Kanye West and Mike Myers. George Bush hates black people. <laughs> and just the look of horror on Mike Myers' face. And then I think they cut over to Chris Tucker and Chris Tucker <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> I love that. That's what it reminded me of. So, I mean, that was the best part of it. But uh. Joseph Fadis obviously just feels like a fun drunk, too. So I was just like, I was like, like this guy he's so off he's just so off but i love it because this man has so much personality like there's so many people who are like just general shitbags but i could see this guy just being like whatever i'm having fun like i honestly think he's also going through the american filter too where i think he sees like oh that's how americans act well i too would act like american like i do not know who yosef Ars is because i think that he's just doing the same thing that every other country does with our media except he's doing it himself as a person yeah i mean hey credit to him man like obviously a way out that well brothers is critically acclaimed it takes two is getting absolutely insane reviews people are talking about his game of the year contender so he's doing something right for people the fact that Hazelight studio is still independent shocks me like i'm surprised nobody has tried to snatch up this studio yet too so that, that's a shocker to begin with as well now i wouldn't be shocked if ea has just been like hey you, you in trouble yet how's it going you need a paycheck he's like <laughs> fuck off i know what they tell about you on the internet i don't know why i'm making it sound like this i have no idea actually what he sounds like <laughs> whatever <laughs> get away from me get away from my art like, so. yeah yeah because he's been working with ea i think for I, well i don't know if he did for brothers but he did for the other two games anyways for sure i think brothers was actually 505 games 
Okay, 505. Okay, yeah. So he's been doing, so he's been EA the last two games then for a way out and uh, it takes two. So, mm-hmm, yeah. But I love the idea that Hazelight is basically like the, um, uh, they're basically the token EA game that they'd be like, oh, well, you see, we support indies. Look at Hazelight. Look at Yarny. So, like, I wouldn't be shocked that that's where they stand, but whatever. It's like the Hazelight games getting greenlit is basically EA being like, hey, this is going to help our image. Please just hand him whatever he needs. Yeah, no, that, well, that's what I mean. Like, it would behest EA to have a studio like that under their umbrella that would uh, actually, you know, not make them look like a pile of shit. <laughs> that's but, why i uh, think they don't buy it because they're like if we buy this we're all gonna ruin this shit <laughs> i mean they didn't ruin respawn yet so yeah but that's because okay the reason why i think respawn hasn't been ruined is because i think the fact okay so we can draw the lineage from respawn back to infinity ward back to the team that was making medal of honor like right, this core group saying. has been moving this entire yeah. time so i wouldn't be shocked if the entire reason that they went with ea was like we understand who you fuckers are we yeah. have your number we can leave again and i wouldn't be shocked if the producers at respawn are the only people who can look any ea corporate in the eye and be like fuck you we've done this shit before we know how you handle it but stay out of this all right this is not going to happen the way you want it like, the moment that made me realize that Respawn is going to be the one that probably turns EA around was whenever they got Apex Legends to Shadow Drop. Like, the fact that they got that done, because EA is the most, well, the chart show company ever. So, yeah. the fact that they did that, the fact that they moved Vince Ampella over to uh, Dice LA, and then after that, he started actually turning the team around... It just feels like Respawn is going to cure EA from the inside out. Like, if they just keep trying to split these people out, they're like, well, if we just keep splitting them out from Respawn, eventually we'll get into Respawn. But what ends up happening is that they're just accidentally spreading Respawn influence more into EA. Yeah, I mean, can you send somebody from Respawn over to Bioware, please? Jesus no. Christ. Let Bioware die, okay? You know, <laughs> that's fine. Look, just, that's, that's cancerous. Let's leave them alone. Just, yeah, you know. it's in, that's an inoperable state. We're done with that, eh? <laughs> I love the idea that they were to send, like, uh, what I'd love is that they took Jason West and, get, and sent him over to Bioware and, like, all right, you're going to work on this. What's going to happen? And then they go, oh, yeah, um, cut it off. It, just, just fire me if you have to include me. Take me down with the ship. Don't let Bioware infect the rest of EA. And EA's like, what? He's like, you can't fix this? He's like, no. No, no I really can't. Cut it off. <laughs> this is done, yeah. EA's always the developer that gets shit on the most, like out of the big developers. But I gotta say, they're the ones that are kind of turning things around the most, too. Like, I, I mean, not yet anyways, but you don't hear sexual harassment allegations coming out of there. <laughs> you know, they're, they're starting to focus back on single player with the Dead Space remake that looks pretty decent. Respawn's doing things. So, I I mean, maybe they're turning the corner. I love the idea that EA was like, they went to Activision and Ubisoft to like, guys, man, we're getting our asses kicked. Can you take the heat? And Activision <laughs> and Ubi were just like, say no more. <laughs> we got you. Hey, hey, lieutenants, can you just start fucking the women in the office? Like, <laughs> yo, we got you. Oh, Wait, my God. You told us to do this. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Get out. Grab your shit. Leave the office. You're fired. <laughs> What a fucking mess, man. But yeah, no, so so good on you. As a small correction, I didn't realize this. I had forgotten. Jason West is working at Epic Games as, since 2009. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually a little sad now, but whatever. Go get your fucking paycheck. Epic is out here just <laughs> flushing people with money. Like, to be able to say, hey, we got one of the dudes who was the original brain children for Call of Duty. 
Yeah, that's that's something that you put on a resume and then you blank check them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're good. You're set for life. So, a way out. I'm starting to understand how these games work. The co-op is to be stories with other people, because honestly, that's Overcooked to me. Overcooked is not about the gameplay itself. It is about the endless yelling that my wife do. <laughs> After probably about years now, like, we have not played this game probably since I was living with my parents. So, even years after, we still yell at each other about who the fuck was handling the burritos in space. So, <laughs> A Way Out is a co-op great time out of 10. And so far, that's literally off of just 30 minutes. I can tell how this game is going to be. It's just going to be more moments of like, oh my god, why did you not do this for me? Why? Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, it's not me, it's you out of 10. I'm, I'm, I'm going to score your score with a hiss out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look at, oh my God, it's two hours and 30 minutes. Oh my God, we fucking did it. We fucking did it. Oh my God. End show? Yeah, end show. End card, end card. Oh my God, fuck. Ah, ah. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's Boogeyman117, I-E, instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.